Thank you for downloading Three Idgets in a Pod. We just have a quick announcement before we get started. Supernatural is a show that often deals with sensitive topics in a less than sensitive way. Please check the show notes for episode-specific content warnings if this is concerning to you. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And thank you for downloading this episode of Three Idiots in a Pod, a sibling supernatural rewatch podcast. I am a host, Margaret Downs. I'm host, Patricia Downs. And I'm another host, Bridget Downs. And today we're going to be talking about season two, episode 19, Folsom Prison Blues. But first, how are we doing today? Pretty good. I had work today, both jobs. At least I got to work from home because the Wi-Fi was out at my job. My boss was like, you can't do anything from there. Mm-hmm. You can work from home. <laughs> I was like, thank you. That, that's wonderful. Thank you, boss. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did that and then went thank to you, the boss, store. Baby. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> went to the store, did that, and then went to a meeting for the Plus Regards Coalition. Right. Yes. How'd that go? It went well. We are slowly but surely like becoming, I don't know, like a, a force, like a group that's uh, like we're, we're expanding a little bit. It stayed pretty much like the same core people, but we're planning more events and more just stuff that the coalition is doing. Like we're putting out a mini grant for mm-hmm. artists to apply for, $500 grant like quarterly so um we're raising funds for that at uh or we have the funds but we will continue raising funds for that quarterly grant throughout the year by doing things like our upcoming art social which i want you to go to <laughs> uh for for what purpose why am i going as as podcast as, as, as podcasts yes you can oh. both go as as podcast artists yes <laughs> woke up owie ouch Ouch head. Ow. Owie mine head. Owie. Owie mine head. Oof, mine head. No little German boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... That's, that's different, That's but... different. We are referencing a very specific story. <laughs> a story where I climbed out of my crib. Now, do you remember this? Or no. do, you, do you only through... through only through, through like, story. stories. I don't remember it. Do you remember the Shasha Ann Downs no, incident? No. I, re- I remember... <laughs> no, only in only in retelling. I did actually tell Stephen that story the other day. <laughs> so I was, I was like, you know, I can't remember what I was... He didn't say, who do you think you are? But it was something like that. And I was like, you know, <laughs> when I was little. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Shasha. And, and Downs. <laughs> Mom's like, uh... <laughs> well, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, I think the the it went. It, it was, you're, you're jumping on the bed, right? Yeah. And mom's like, "You got to stop doing that." And you're like, "Well, I want to." Mm-hmm. And mom's like, "Well, I'm the mom, and you have to do what I say." And, and, you, and you stop putting like hands on your hips. Well, I Shasha and Downs. <laughs> like true. <laughs> However, <laughs> it doesn't mean as much as you think it means. <laughs> you do have to stop. stop jumping on the bed. And then, of course, owie mine head as you climbed out of your crib and hit your head. <laughs> And <laughs> sat there on the floor. How we mine head? head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, owie, your head. Yeah, owie, mine, head. Satin bed. Red. Red. <laughs> yeah, I was going for owie, mine, head. My satin bed. For, like, until... Four. Till college. Four till college! Four till college! 2.30. Then started getting to work. Doing schoolwork that I missed. Mm-hmm. And then got it done. At about, like, all of it done and at about... <laughs> okay, at about... I don't know. Who is this character? 
The working hard, hardly working. Working hard or hardly working, eh, Mac? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, Rootin' tootin', uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. button scootin'. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then I was drawing, and then you showed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we had dinner, and then we went upstairs. <laughs> and now we're here. We're here. <laughs> What's that from? Oh, um, BDG. Unraveled. Oh, okay. His Skyrim book report. Yeah. Skyrim book report. The, was that the one I think read all the Skyrim books so you all don't have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was specifically in reference to the Chronicles of Nahulist. Nahulist. <laughs> He reads a, an excerpt from it, and it's just, yeah. it's, it's the, just the driest history. Of, it's, it's, it's like, it's like these people were walking, and they met this other person, and then they went and had an afternoon in these, on these dates at these times. <laughs> and, these, and these are just books you can find in the world of Skyrim. Yeah, it's like, so like, should you read every book of Skyrim? No! <laughs> you watched this whole video, and I'm still asking that question? <laughs> He's um, like maybe, maybe just the top three that I listed. Yeah, he 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 gives the top five maybe. Yeah. Um. I yeah I was interested in some of the ones that he listed. Some of the fiction and the lock picking. <laughs> <laughs> this was something when I when I first played Skyrim, like like actually sat down to play Skyrim in college. It was the first like video game that I really sat down and like tried to learn to play. Mm-hmm. Other than like you know being over at a friend's house and having them like oh here we're playing mini games they toss me controller. Yeah, and then yeah. they're like, "Oh, you're bad at this," and then they take it away from me. Aww. Right. The only t- thing, the only time that I would be like, "Okay," would it, is if somebody threw me a controller for Smash, like uh, Super Smash Brothers. I'm like, for Smash Brothers, for, I, I would like literally what, just what, smash buttons what, too. What, yeah, and, what console though? We right. I learned to play Smash on a GameCube right in college. So, well, one of the reason I started talking about Skyrim because that was like the first video game I'd like sat down to play. Right, and you read like all the books mm-hmm. that you came across. Mm-hmm. Every and I would sat. I didn't skip any dialogue. Wow. I just let it happen and watched it like a movie. And everyone who watched me play just like would, clawing like, their eyes out. Like, like they, they'd stop she... by to like like, oh cool, you're playing Skyrim. And then they'd be there for ten seconds and be like, What are you doing? Yeah, you're what, not really playing. What are you, what doing? are you doing? You're just sitting there. What are you doing? You don't have to listen to this guy. And I'm like, but I've never listened to him before. And he's <laughs> telling me about his chickens. Like, <laughs> like this is fascinating world building stuff. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and talk for a reason. I'm gonna sit here and talk to all of the NPCs and exhaust all of the dialogue options. That's like me with Zelda. That's yeah, Breath of the Wild. Like, listen, it's there to interact with. It's fine. You don't have to skip the dialogue. Mm -hmm. But uh, it does remind me of clicking on everything in like Pajama Sab or something. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta find it. Just well, well. I mean, I I don't. I remember if I've talked about it on Pod before, but but when I was like a little kid with our old 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 iMac. Yeah. My idea of a fun Saturday afternoon was opening an app, yeah. was like picking an application. Right, and going through all the menus. Clicking every single menu drop down just to see what, it, just to read them and then see what it was. Also, I would read the readme files. <laughs> I would see that and be like, a read? <laughs> Who reads? Who reads that? Me. <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I'm doing on Saturday. Now, I, I don't know, I don't, I could not just open an application and look at every drop down menu. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, aside from like somewhere in the like you know hyper focus <laughs> realm menus the little <laughs> arrows that led me to more boxes and like now I do some 
can skip dialogue in video games because I'm trying to get to the gameplay because I can actually play the video game. Yeah. Um, instead of like, I think I got, I just got like, like until like, I had to have one one of my college friends get me out of. I, I was so stuck. It was like the first ice troll or something you encounter, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get, I couldn't do it, and I had to have him just come in and do it for me because I was stuck because I couldn't play video games. Yeah. At all. My only strategy was spend the entire. This was the other annoying thing. I spent the entire game crouched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes you slower, right? <laughs> and over encumbered. <laughs> I picked up every piece of garbage I saw. Ooh, I need that. I need that. You stay away from me in my 1,300 wheels of cheese. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Will I eat them? No, because then I'd have one less. (laughs) (laughs) Over-encumbered and crouched. (laughs) Which also drove everyone who was watching me play absolutely insane. It was just the slowest, slowest game possible. <laughs> You're like, what's a speed run? <laughs> what's a speed run? It took me four real time days to get to, <laughs> to walk from here to the first mission. <laughs> Horses? I don't need a horse. I'm walking. <laughs> that is how you level up stealth, though, is just spending time in stealth. So, okay. And that was, pr- like, pretty much the only way I leveled up <laughs> was stealth. So so it took a very, very long time. And I never finished the main story. Because <laughs> why would I want to do that? They're trying to tell me I'm the main character, but I don't want to be the main character. Yeah. <laughs> I got a job. <laughs> A job um, that's not, like, being in the Dark Brotherhood or something? Like, oh, well, no, I did the Dark Brotherhood storyline. Okay. And then I went and did the Thieves Guild storyline. Mm-hmm. And then they, and then that is kind of like a job. Okay. But when they hire you, they are telling me about, like, the different thief quests. And, like, they make a point to say, don't, this is, you know, you're a thief. You're not supposed to kill anyone. And they said, we're not the Dark Brotherhood. Mm. And then, like, and then and I'm standing there. I, at this point, I have finished the Dark Brotherhood storyline. So I am, in fact, the leader of the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> Standing there in full ceremonial Dark Brotherhood armor. We are not the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> like, yeah. Speaking of, I saw a Cicero cosplay. Sweet night, mother. No. On my TikTok? It I... was a good cosplay, I'll admit. That's awful. <laughs> what? No, I mean, good, uh, f- that's great. Good for them. But good I was for them, like, but the effort and spending that much time I'm, with the uh, with the character. And everyone <laughs> in the comments was like, "Oh my god, I love him." Why? And they were like simping over him, and I'm like, <laughs> "I know people do. I know people do. Why? Why? He is a disgusting little jester man. I think I set him on fire." <laughs> Disgusting little Because you, you can kill him. Yes. Right? And then that's why Todd was like, <laughs> like, we put it in that arc so you can kill him because no one's laughing at his jokes anymore. <laughs> He's like, Cicero used to be funny. No. Yeah. Cicero was never funny. Cicero was never funny. Speaking so, of, so, so Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim, sure. You begin Skyrim as a prisoner. You do. Hey, you. You're finally awake. So, speaking of being a prisoner in Skyrim. Let's jump into today's episode, Season 2, Episode 19, Folsom Prison Blues.
Our writer today. Any guesses? Is it? We've seen we've seen this writer before. Is it John hmm. Chabon? I don't have a guess. I don't know. It is John Chabon. Really? Yeah. Okay, because the entire time I was like, please don't make a gay like, joke. A gay prison joke. Please don't make prison jokes. And they kinda did. They kinda did. But it was like I think it, it could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been so much worse. But they did it a number of times. Yeah. So I was a little surprised at how, like, given the subject material, not gross and creepy it was. Yeah. Yes. It could have been pretty bad. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Directed by Mike Roll. Uh, we'd know Mike Roll's directing from The Usual Suspects. Okay, mm. which makes sense here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, in some of how it's shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, person walks in and they're like, hey, I gotta talk to you about something. Yeah, I mean, some of that's down to the writing, and the writing, I think that was Catherine Humphreys for Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. The writing was much worse than... Yes. Uh, than, than the because we didn't like Usual Suspects. Yeah. Writing was much worse in, in that one than in this one. But I do see some similarities in the direction. Yeah. Mike Roll as a director will be with us through season seven. Oh. So we will continue to see his work. I think directs a couple famous, more famous big ones okay. later. So interesting to see how his directing develops. This episode aired April 26th, 2007. We open with a dad wants us to pick up where he left off. So which, we, which, have, which, which we have. Which we had. just haven't been doing. Yeah. They want us to remember that Dean was the bank robber on the 11 o'clock news. We, they want us to remember that Special Agent Victor Henriksen is a person we need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Remember he exists? Yeah. We haven't talked about him lately. Yeah. Remember he exists. Uh, and he has been after them. Not that they've shown a ton of concern for that, but he's been after them. Right. <laughs> and that he knows about all of their cases. He knows about Sam. He knows about their dad. He knows everything. Not that they've been super concerned with that for the past few episodes. They end the little recap with Dean's We Are So Screwed right before their daring, like during their daring daylight escape from the, the end of night. Shifter. The end of Night Shifter. And like in the in the immediate aftermath of Night Shifter, they were concerned with being spotted by by the authorities. Lately, lately no. they really haven't been at all. They've no, just been showing been their face. For, forgetting about that. They've just been showing their face in broad daylight. They yeah. showed up at Hollywood. Yeah, literally. They, they literally walked around in Hollywood. There were a few episodes there where they made, made like a big deal about needing to keep Dean like in the motel or yeah, like, away yeah. from people or like he's not allowed to go into government facilities because he could be spotted. <laughs> Even though Sam is also... <laughs> yeah, now Sam is... Sam is also suspected. A, a, a suspected murder accomplice. So, But none of which we've been concerned... The past couple episodes have not cared. No. Uh, but we're caring now, apparently. It's important now. We come out of the recap, and they tell us where we are. Kind of. They we tell us that we are at Green River County Detention Center. It is a location. It's a location, but they don't tell us where Green River County is. Yeah, Green River County Detention Center. I don't know where Green River County is. Nope. Could be anywhere. I think they tell us later. Later. Well, they do the crime. They get arrested. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote it down later in my notes. Yeah. We'll get there. We get there when we get there. We have this exterior shot of a prison exercise yard and prisoners doing prison things. <laughs> playing basketball, playing cards, etc. Walking around, doing exercise. Then we have a shot interior of like a cell block. Interior crocodile alligator. I drive a Chevrolet movie theater. So now we're inside. <laughs> interior <laughs> shot of a cell block. There's a guy with like a welding or a cutting torch. See, I, when he was welding, I was like... 
I think he was he was cutting. Okay, because I was like, is he just like welding it shut? I know. Yeah. And then, well, and then they shutting in there. Like they're just no, keeping something. And then they, they were opening it. it. He was cu- he was not welding. He was cutting. And then they yeah because yeah, there is they a, opened is a, it. There was a cutting torch, not a welding torch. Because then they opened it, it's, and that's I was a different like, thing. Yeah, I was because then I was like, how did they open it? You <laughs> <He> just shut <laughs> it. You just you just, <laughs> he, he he just, just welded the metal shut. Yeah. No, he cut through the metal. Yes, he was cutting through the metal. There's a couple of guys coming down the hallway talking about the cell block. You know, well, tax this dollars. makes a lot of sense. Uh, first they close down the cell block, how they open it back up again. Uh, no, it's your tax dollars at work, huh? Yeah, the welding guy finishes up cutting through, the, like, the bolts or whatever, and they, you know, are able to wedge the door open with a crowbar to get a look inside. We get it kind of a, it's a dark and creepy interior, but not a lot of specifics. They're in there with flashlights, but it's just, just like no. metal and old. Not that much detail. It was, like, kind of, like, shaky cam, like, we don't know what we're like we can't show you that much because we don't have anything to show you it was, so it we're was like shaky uh, it was also something in here it was also just dark yeah um and they're like mm, this is creepy and then it's suddenly cold they see their breath and they're like this is very creepy and then something goes whoosh past them out the door down the hall papers flying unsecured <laughs> then, papers. i know this just, is a trope once someone points it out to you it's like you see it everywhere. There are always just random piles random of papers piles of that paper, are going to go up in the air when something passes by like this. Especially in yeah. The Flash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. My when, God. He, when he arrives somewhere, he's like, no. Oh, wait. Papers. 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 It's like flying. What? Where are, where are you that you have so many unsecured just pieces of paper no. that have nothing always, on them? Yeah, they're always just blank. Is it like so, they sometimes even, sometimes varying colors. Sometimes there's some like yellow pages in there too. But they don't have like every once in a while they have like little scribbles on them or something yeah. but it's like there's no words on them <laughs> yeah no you just arrive whoosh, whoosh. the uh, papers fly around and we're like whoa what was that and it's like well obviously something got out yeah of the room Mm-hmm. That you you opened. His we had, I was in the room. <laughs> now outside of it. <laughs> We're in a different cell block. Said so sometime later. Somewhere and, else in the prison. And, sometime later. And we know that there has been the passage of time because there is like a ticking clock transition. <laughs> a, there's a man in a cell reading on a, a bunk bed. It's Jeff Kober. Yeah, there is the, there is a man on this bunk bed. He is reading. His his name, his name is, is Jeff, Jeff Kober. Is <laughs> the actor's name. <laughs> his name is Randall. Character name Randall. Actor name Jeff. Cobra, who you know from The Walking Dead. Is he a recur- He played Joe for like four or five episodes in season four, maybe. Obviously, he played a bad guy. Spoilers for The Walking Dead. <laughs> a bad guy who gets his throat ripped out by Rick Grimes' teeth. Nice. Disgusting. The main character. Disgusting. Yes. Nice. Yeah, Jeff Cobra. <laughs> I, 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 when I looked him up, it didn't say he's a character actor, but I think this is the definition of a character actor. When you're just in everything. When, when you are, but like when you play like major supporting characters yeah. in everything. Yeah. And you are kind of recognizable for playing major supporting characters. But like, like I think he's on, he's like, he's, he's been in this, he's been in like everything. And for like, like what, between one and five episodes. Yeah. Like I know him, I like, like I first recognized him because he's on an episode of Law and Order that is like on the TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they played this particular one all the time. He played like a like a cult figure with like a Jesus aesthetic. Oh. But so like that's that was like the first place I like knew I'd seen him. But then I when I, you know, looked him up, it's like 
That's right. He was also at least two different characters on Buffy. (laughs) I think he played like a serial killer vampire who Buffy was supposed to fight for some stupid test thing. And then he also much later plays, well, I don't know about much later, later plays uh, the warlock guy who gets Willow hooked on drugs. Oh, great. Like magic drugs. Yeah, the magic drugs. Yeah. And she goes kind of evil for a little bit. Yeah. All kind of in the same era. So like, so again, though, he, bad guys. (laughs) Yeah. Generally bad guys. He wasn't um, a bad guy. In this. He wasn't a bad no, guy in this. No, I, and I think there, I he has had him. other other roles where he's played le- more like this, where it's kind of like you know weird nugget of wisdom guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here he's you know on his on his on his bunk reading a book, and the lights begin to flicker. There's the, the electric buzzing, and the clock outside in the hall stops. So he goes to the door to investigate, and something whooshes past him, startling him. So he sees the camera up in the corner and starts trying to get the guard's attention because something's wrong. Meanwhile, the guard. He's just eating a burger and like he's not paying attention to the cameras at all. Yeah. So it takes him a uh, you know solid couple seconds to notice that Randall's like trying to get his attention. He turns the audio on and he hears him like calling calling for the guards. So the guard gets on the radio, says he's going down to B block. It's Randall again. Back in B block, Randall still calling for the guard is getting yelled at by the other inmates who are trying to sleep. And he's like, "You tell me you didn't see that? Are you blind?" The guard appears, smacks on Randall's door, and tells him to cool it, uh, to turn out his light and go to sleep. Randall's like, cool it, my ass. Somebody's out there. But he backs down and goes to lie down, turn off the light. Guard calls for lights out in block B. Why didn't, why didn't he do this at the end, at of, the end of the hall? Because now he has to walk down the entire dark hallway. Made no uh, sense to me. You're asking for the spooky. Yeah. <laughs> at that point. Yeah, who would do that? It's one thing if, like, the light switches here and then you have to run all the way down the hallway. That's horrible, but happens. Yeah. He called it in remotely. Call yeah, it in remotely once to, you're out of the hallway. Out of the hall. So he calls it in at the very end of the hall to turn all the lights off. All the lights go off. And then he has to walk down the entire hallway in darkness. We see a figure following him from behind. And he noticed feels something may be following him. So he turns to look and nothing's there. So he turns back and we see that he can see his breath. It's that like fog frost distortion by his face. The breath effect was like... <laughs> it wasn't great. No. It kind of looked like like a smoke fog kind of thing. For a second, I like I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be yeah. the ghost itself, mm-hmm. if it was supposed to be like frost or like smoke or... I, I, I knew that what they were trying to do, it yeah. wasn't too effective. I knew after like the first or second person mm-hmm. when they were like, <gasps> yeah, when it when it was very visual, obviously like, uh, huh? Am I? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> yeah, it's his cold. Who? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. The very the very first instance when they were like, he's just like, ha. Yeah, and and, and I'm like, is it the ghost passing by you? Yeah, like you can see the ghost, but it's a, a frost. Yeah, I couldn't I tell. The, which makes me wonder if they're. Because they've done a breath effect before, but I feel like it looked a little different. Yeah. yeah. I think they're trying something new with special effects. Yeah. Maybe not to the, you know, their most effective, but I think they are trying something a little bit new, maybe, here. They're like, oh, we have, like, a, a new a new tool mm-hmm. in Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's also this button that makes things go boom. Yeah, they add like <laughs> a little, a little like, explosion, six explosions <laughs> in the background, and like the um the sunglasses that come yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. 
<laughs> oh yeah. So I I don't know if they got like a new tool in the the their editing software or whatever. I think they're trying something new. I'm not sure it works. He turns around and something whooshes away. So he turns back and the he's like standing in the kind of doorway or like the the gateway to like this like gate door at the end of the hall and the gate door closes on his arm, pins him there, and he's like ah. And all the guys in the cells are like, oh, what's happening out there? And one, yeah. and one guy goes, keep it down. It's like, it's like, like, there's a few people that are like, hey, I'm trying to sleep. And it's like, <laughs> no, yeah, there's a, there's a couple like that. A couple, but then like a number of the other voices are like, I like, like, what's going on out there? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, because they hear some screaming. Yeah. So he turns around and goes, he's like, no, 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 no. And kind of slumps down. We don't see what he sees. No. It's from the point of view of whatever it is he sees and he you know starts screaming the camera cuts away and then does like a swing around to where Randall is like pressed up against the bars he can't see it, see it either because he's too far down the hall mm-hmm. but he's, he's listening, listening and he's scared mm-hmm. yeah and then we go to theme fire our next scene, we are in the Arkansas Museum of Anthropology. Three months later. We are in Arkansas. Yes. So I know that because of our mugshots. But <laughs> when they say like Arkansas. That, that is the Little Rock. Yes. Later. Yes. yes. I didn't notice that. Yes. Oh, no. This, the sign on the wall. We are in the I Arkansas Museum of Anthropology. It cut off for me. I, could, I couldn't pause it quick enough. I only got anthropology exhibit. So. Yeah. <laughs> we are in the Arkansas Museum. <laughs> Of anthropology. Three months later. It is nighttime. Nighttime. And it appears the boys are doing a heist of some kind. Yeah. All right, we're in. You know the plan, right? What am I saying? You practically wrote it. <laughs> they enter with flashlights. Dean is holding a piece of paper that he seems to be reading and he's like, this way. Sam, following along behind also with a flashlight, is sure to let Dean know that he does not like this plan and Dean heard him the first ten times. We see them walk past a motion sensor device. Mm-hmm. And it goes from green to red. And I'm like, hmm, this seems a little obvious. Maybe a little... <laughs> too obvious. (laughs) (laughs) When they get to the, like... Glass uh, cases. Is it glass cases? And they're taking out seems to be... Artifacts. Yeah. Artifacts. They're like little weapons. Yeah. I couldn't see what Sam was holding. A hatchet. Okay, because at first, my screen was really dark. Mm -hmm. I was like, a little hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a... It's it's a yeah he's it's a little hatchet and I think Dean's got some kind of knife yeah they're they're looking at mm-hmm. they hear a noise from off screen thud the subtitle <laughs> says thud it's a noise mm-hmm. from off screen they will look up look at each other kind of nod and then like Terminator walk yeah. out of the hall uh, where they run right into a couple of cops who tell them to stop freeze and they turn turn and around and there's some, some more cops, cops. and then they turn, turn around, around again and, and there's some, some more cops, cops. <laughs> the cops. Yeah, it's very like going this way. No, going that way. No, No. going the third way. No, and then the cops are all like. So then they just ascend. (laughs) (laughs) Can't go anywhere but up. No. They do freeze, hands on their heads, on their knees, and they're kind of like looking at each other, like nervous, mm-hmm. but they share a look of some kind. <laughs> and they get cuffed. We're in the police station getting mugshots done. <laughs> Sam is serious. 
regular, like, you know, like... Just like a regular mugshot we've, would be. We've, we've been caught, and now we're getting our mugshots, front and side. Dean is being a little shit. He goes, I call this one the blue steel. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, he does <laughs> he the kind of out makes the face. Kind of does, like, a smolder. Just a, yeah, yeah, it's a little smolder. And then they do the side, and then he gets in a line. Who looked better, me or Nick Nolte? This would have been probably a more relevant reference. Was it, yeah. was it a celebrity that got arrested or something? He just, I think he's just an actor. Yeah, I think he was making a reference to... A, who has a, like a, criminal a, cr- a criminal record, who has a reputation for... Getting arrested. For being like a bad boy person who gets arrested. <laughs> so, so Dean gets in this line, who looked better, me or Nick Nolte? There's a quick shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the interrogation room, Dean is waiting with his casual, bored nonchalance and enters... Special agent Victor the, Henriksen. Yeah. And another guy. And yeah. some, and, and friend. Some other guy. <laughs> and his plus one. <laughs> On their entrance, Dean asks for a cheeseburger, extra onions, and Victor's like, you think you're funny. Dean's like, I think I'm adorable. <laughs> Victor officially introduces himself and his partner, and Dean makes the connection. He is the Milwaukee he's agent like, Henriksen. He's like, am I wrong? Romantic partner. My romantic partner, Special Agent Reedy. <laughs> Victor and Dean go have a conversation. They go on to have this little, like, contest conversation where Victor is, like, barely contained glee mm-hmm. at, at having like, caught him. We finally got you. And it was so easy. Yeah. Maybe a, a little too easy. Never crosses his <laughs> mind. He's, he's just so hyped to rub it in Dean's face that he caught him, that he knows everything about them that there's an implication of going like going for the death sentence death penalty wow um, he's, he's so happy he's, about that yeah. Yeah, he's and it's just so excited that Dean got caught up by something as simple as a motion detector and how sloppy that was and he's just he's just like this is the best and, like and just just everything about this little interaction he has his special agent buddy like read the charges and the guy starts to read the charges and he's like mm, skip to the good ones and he's like armed robbery kidnapping and oh Oh, yeah, like three counts of first-degree murder. We're gonna frame you for murder! <laughs> he, goes, he says, and you're nuts trying to find you. Ask him. <laughs> Reedy goes, here, near went nuts. <laughs> this is his buddy, Reedy, and he never once appears in my notes as Reedy. He's just an FBI friend. <laughs> because in all of the scenes he's in, he is there to repeat something Victor yeah. has said, or sit like like one butt cheek on the desk, kind of yeah. with arms crossed, and look condescendingly at whoever they're talking to. You know, Victor says something. Yeah! <laughs> Kind of like what he said, henchman crony guy. Yeah, and he's just he's just like generic white man suit guy. He's always like sitting there, arms crossed, nodding, like "Mm mm-hmm. Physicality wise, like like, reminded me a little bit of Patrick Warburton. Okay, Okay. yeah, there was there was a similarity there, and and I mean, obviously he didn't have like the The voice, voice? the cronk voice, (laughs) (laughs) but there there was a similar vibe there. Yeah, yeah, Um, I would have liked it if he if it was Patrick Warburton. <laughs> that would have been so much better if just Patrick. Here, went nuts. Here, here, went nuts. Yes, that would have added something to that scene. <laughs> it's just, and also Croc is there. <laughs> just supernatural, but also Croc is there. <laughs> Everything else is the same, but Croc is there. <laughs> So the door opens and a woman walks in. A pantsuit blonde. <laughs> a pantless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she walks in. She's like, "Honey, 
Where are my pants? <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> a pantsuit. Pantsuit. A blonde pantsuit lady walks in. She's got her blouse with the collar popped over the blazer, mm-hmm. unbuttoned a little bit for a little cleavage, and introduces herself as public defender Mara Daniels. And when she asks, she asks if it's Dean Winchester, and he goes, he's looking at her, and he's like, in the flesh. And it's like, okay, cool okay. it. Like, you are, she has a job to do. <laughs> Sir, she is a professional lady. And we know this because... <laughs> Because she's wearing a pantsuit. <laughs> and she kind of like throws her weight around a little bit. Like, you know, tells Hendrickson that he's done and that, you know, she needs to talk to her clients. And he's like, actually, we weren't done talking to them. And she's like, oh, yeah, you are. I mean, I did kind of like the way he's like, oh, we're we're not done. And she's like, well, you are. Yeah. It was a little bit too girl boss for me. Really? Yeah. Like, well, I I just didn't, I, I liked the idea of her character. I just don't think they did it very well. No, that this is the problem. Like, I think there could have been something there, but like, what they do with her character throughout the episode. Yeah. It just falls flat. Mm -hmm. I just didn't like the way that he, because of the way that he treated her, I think it was just nice that she stood up for herself. Yeah. she Yeah, and she does, at least in this scene. Mm -hmm. So, Dean gives a little smirk. She, you know, tells Hendrickson that she needs to talk to her clients privately. Also in this scene, the amount of up-downing that all of the men in the room do to her Oh, I didn't even notice that. Is not doing it for me. Yeah. All three of them and, and FBI buddy is doing the one butt cheek on the table lean oh. thing oh, and he is yeah. looking her up and down multiple times as she enters the room and as she's talking and he's standing there physically being back up for Henriksen and while, she, while she's talking to, to Victor and is continuing to give her like an appraisal. Yeah. Did not like that. No. And like Dean being weird and horny. Yeah. He's always weird and horny, except when he's not. Right. And like, and when we forget. We hope to not see as much of that, but it's coming back. It's coming back for some reason. So like, okay. But then, but like even Victor a little bit and, but his, I mean, I get that his, his is like more of a power dynamic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His is less horny, more. Assert, like posturing. More, more posturing. That's what I was getting from this scene. For, I was, yes. I was he, he's very... doing a lot of like big male posturing. Everyone else in the scene is horny and it, and it's all resulting in all of, all three of the men in this room are giving her an up down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. No. At all. Very uncomfortable. I am very uncomfortable with the energy that we created in the studio today. Because Victor was giving her the up-down, and then his guy was like, oh, Victor's giving her the up-down. Hmm. I'm gonna give you the up-down, too, you sexy lady. And then Dean's like, yeah, sexy lady. And that's just all of the energy in this scene. Yeah. Public defender Mara Daniels gets the boys alone so she can interview them. Yeah. It's her briefcase. It is yet mm-hmm. another situation where a hapless lawyer is trying to get the boys to focus on the issues at yeah. hand, and all they want to talk about is ghosts. <laughs> and she's like, do you understand that you guys are in trouble? And they're like, yeah. Are we going to be held at this specific county jail, though? Literally. That's what, yeah. yeah. They're like, so are we going to be here? The the boys, like, she, she's, you know, briefing them on, you know, the timeline uh, of, the, the, of their legal situation. How they're going to be held in the county jail. They're going to be denied bail based on the charges. Specifically, Green River County Jail. They're like, oh, so we're going to be there? Specifically right? there. Yeah, and they ask some, like, specific questions to verify the timeline line because 
five states already have submitted extradition papers, Missouri and Wisconsin being the biggest concerns. They can stall extradition for a week at most. So we've established they have a week in this specific prison. This is their timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, they seem unconcerned with the details. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which like, we know <laughs> they're working a case. Right. I get from her perspective, though, like, these guys... <laughs> <laughs> what is their problem? What does... <laughs> I'm here to help them. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, sounds good. This prison, though, right? We, we, we figured that. It's this, pr- it's this specific this prison? prison? Good. This is why we committed the crime here. <laughs> <laughs> we want uh, good. They yes. share a look like, yeah. oh, all right, yeah. we got it right. Yeah, they're, we like, it. they're like, we want, we heard about the other prisons in the other districts, and like... We wanted this one. We want this one. And like the housing areas around that place were like, mm. so. <laughs> The neighborhood, you yeah, know. You know. So our next scene, they are at Green River County Detention Center. The boys arrive via a prison transport bus, cuffed and shackled, chained with a bunch of other prisoners walking in a line past the yard and into the into the prison. And we get a lot of like very like stereotypical inmate chatter, yeah. mm-hmm. yelling, you know, you know, jeering at the at the new inmate. See, is. <laughs> I always wondered, is stereotypical, like, prison, is that what it's really like? So, it's going to depend very much on which prison you're talking about. Yeah. It's going to depend very much on because, security level. Because, of course, people often mix up prison and jail. This is, then this is true. This is a difference. This is a county jail. Yeah. Not prison. Mm-hmm. There is a difference there. County jail has a lot of shorter sentences, people waiting for court, people who are there on the weekends, because like, like their specific prison sentence, like, they're allowed to like work during the week but then they have to spend their weekends in prison or weekends and evenings or like what like there's different kinds of prison sentences um associated with it with like a county jail it's much lower security generally than than a prison or you know like federal supermax or whatever mm-hmm. the vibes in general from what i understand are are different mm-hmm. jail jail and prison because people are there for different things there's i think there's more transition and uh, transitory i guess like people there's more movement yeah through through the jail system like like jails county jails because it's people like waiting for court dates and and stuff so they get moved in and out and and people are for like for smaller stuff so some of the things they're doing here, I think, are probably a little bit more like stereotypically prison, prison, prison. Yeah. things. I think, again, from like from what I understand, I mean, abuse of power and you know guard brutality and stuff can happen at any level. Mm-hmm. I think it's more common in like prisons than jails. The county jail under under the jurisdiction of the county, the head of you know county law enforcement is like a sheriff, mm-hmm. and like you know the the sheriff's deputies and things, and then there's like the the jail guards. Is Danamora a prison? Yes, yes. that is a better. Clinton County Correctional Facility. Yeah. I think it's a federal supermax prison. It's a, it's a maximum security prison. Mm-hmm. It, it is a real prison. That people who go to Danamora, a lot of them are there for life sentences. Yeah. And they're there for the serious stuff. They're there for multiple homicides, big, serious, violent crimes. The people who are in county jail waiting for a court date for an, for, a, for their first armed robbery offense, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, other smaller misdemeanors or, what you know, whatever. That this is like their, you know, fifth time getting caught <laughs> doing <laughs> doing something doing something stupid, you know, drunk driving or whatever. You might yeah. end, you might end up in county jail. It has been a while since I've taken my mass incarceration class. Yeah. <laughs> for like for the class, we watched Orange is the New Black yes. for the class nice. and read excerpts from the book and uh, and you know discussing you know inconsistencies and like elaboration yeah. and, and you know for you know taking creative license with, you know, the prison story. Mm-hmm. And like violence and you know stuff like, you know, the more sensational stuff certainly does happen in the prison system, but like if you're looking at something like, you know, the show Orange 
Orange is the New Black, something's got to happen every episode to keep it yeah, right for the show to keep it interesting because you know there's going to be these long stretches of it's just the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prison system. I mean, it's very built on routine to the point to the point where it's dehumanizing. Yeah, in many cases. So. I think they took a lot of liberties to make it a little bit more exciting yeah. to give the characters some conflict because an average day in your average county jail, I'm, I feel like I'm nobody's, sure, is nobody's not this exciting. Going to like pay attention, like if they're out in the yard, no, I feel like they're not going to come to the fence to. Well, see, I don't know. I don't know. They might if they're there for a, for a longer sentence. Right. This might be the most exciting thing that's happened all week, and or you know, you and catcalling and jeering and whatever could absolutely. Or if they hear but, about what you did, and it's something. Yeah, I mean, it's you know one of the. But, you know, nothing else interesting is happening. I can absolutely see it. But as far as, like, the other, like, violence and stuff that's happening here, no one wants to get thrown in solitary. Yeah. Fighting, like, your your average day in a county jail is not going to be as exciting as this entire episode is. Yeah. For as far as, like, the rest of these guys who are, like, like Randall, yeah. who's going to be here for a while, this is, like, the most exciting week they've had. I'm sure they've had in months. <laughs> these, these two guys who showed up and just started punching people. Yeah. I'm sure no one's having as many problems as these two are, you know, because they're coming in and causing problems. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things, though, as they're, you know, sh- getting shouted at and catcalled and jeered at, you know, one of the guys is, like, you know, points roughly in the direction of Sam. is like, you're mine. And Dean says to Sam, don't worry, Sammy. I won't trade you for smokes. Yep. Love that. That's that's a joke. It is a very 2007 yeah. homophobic prison joke. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. Nope. Don't we, need we, that. We didn't really need that joke. Didn't add anything. It didn't add anything. It wasn't funny. And, like, that was unnecessary. Yeah. Didn't need that. Big ol' yikes. John Chavon. Yep. There we go. <laughs> In the cell block, the boys get their room assignments. Dean tries for the top bunk, but the other guy he's assigned with is like, uh, no. Guy <laughs> scoffs, puts his stuff on the top, and Dean's like, okay. Yes. See, here's the thing. I used to want top bunk, but then I remember sleeping on top bunk one time, and it was really uncomfortable and scary. And Thinking hot, you were going to fall off. And it's hot up there. <laughs> the hot air rises up there. Uh-huh. It's just not fun. So Being on the bottom, like the one thing being on the bottom bunk, the person on the top bunk can like lean over and look at you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's or like true. their movement is like yeah. all like shaking the bed or whatever. Yeah. Sam is led into a cell across the hall where there's already a guy in there. Sam kind of nods at him like, yeah, we're both in prison. Hey, man. Hey, man. And then the guy stands up and gets big. And Sam is like, Ah, oh, I feel small for the first time in my life. Yeah, because, you know, Jared Padalecki is probably six foot four. Oh, that was something else. When they were doing the mug, mug shots, it puts Sam at six foot five and Dean at six foot three. <laughs> which I think is a little bit taller than they are in real life, but yeah. they were wearing shoes, maybe. Yeah. And their hair is puffy. But <laughs> I, th- I think I think Jared's about six four and uh, Jensen's six one or six two. But yeah, so this guy taller and bigger than Sam. Yeah, and he just gulps and turns around to look at Dean as the guards shut the doors, like make eye contact across the hall through the little windows. As we go through the, what we've seen already and as we go through this episode, what we are going to see are a lot of extras. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a a very extra heavy episode. A lot of people happening in the background. Extra, extra. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? It's like a, like extra, extra. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Little newsboy. Okay, little newsboy. Just extra, extra. You know? You know? You know? Extra, you know? 
we're seeing a lot of extras who have been hired to be big, tough, and scary looking. Yeah. And to have kind of like dead-eyed stares. <laughs> yeah. So after the like, like, oh man, we're really here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Look, they share across the hall. We see them a little bit later. They are standing in line on their way to somewhere we don't know. Getting like metal detected or whatever. I was wondering, is would the prison let them... Uh... Generally speaking, no. <laughs> would the prison let them? Probably no. not. No. <laughs> let them, like, stay close together like that because yeah, they're brothers? Yeah, they're, they're always right next to each other and they're always eating together and they're, and they're always, always like, talking, talking to each other and like, stuff. That would, that's this a little is, unrealistic. It seems a little unrealistic. I don't know for, I don't know the specifics. Because if they were both convicted for doing something and, like, planning stuff together, you see, that's the dangerous thing. Because they that, separated that seemed, them that into super... different cells, though. That's the yeah. thing. So, like, letting them hang out together that does to seem talk be, specifically because of the crimes that that they are associated with. And the like, rules they're constantly like whispering, like and like. But like, I, yeah, I know, I know, like on the table. Yeah, like obviously conspiring. You'd think the guards would be like they like, they're they've been talking whisper in like whispers for a while now. Heard something about grave digging. <laughs> don't, like, like weren't those the grave desecrators? That, yeah, yeah. Don't they do that? <laughs> those are those weird guys who do are, that. Yeah. So yes, that's that seems like they wouldn't yeah. they probably wouldn't be allowed to just <laughs> hang out together however sure. like we talked about nope. before <laughs> and straw at each other yep you across the room yeah have you ever done that no have you ever passed notes yes. no you really yeah do people still pass notes they you all, still you all, you all have cell phones in not, school now yeah but you're not allowed to use like text people in school that's rude <laughs> okay <laughs> we weren't allowed to have our phones and people still texted in school that's true so anyway they're not passing notes they are all no. being allowed to conspire but like we were saying before this is county jail not prison, prison. yeah so in general they don't have have, like, the facilities to, like, specialized prisoners. Again, speaking generally, because this is, you know, more of a place of, like, transition or short sentences. However, <laughs> you can put them in, like, different enough cells and put them, like, on a different schedule yeah. so that they're not just hanging out all the time. Or just, yeah. like, I don't know, move... Sam to a different table. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like, hey, you well, guys are not way, to sit together. <laughs> well, the way they would ha- like the, the way they would handle that, like, they, it's not the entire prison or jail or whatever eating lunch at the same time, going out in the yard at the same time. Yeah, you're, you're, they would you're be put in on different schedules. Yeah, to... so they would probably have been put in different cell blocks. Mm-hmm. So, like Randall's and B block. Assuming there's an A block. Yeah, yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But A and B. They could have been put in, in at the very least in separate blocks, and then they'd be on separate schedules, and then they'd very rarely see. Each other. That would be very hard for their plan. No, that would that would have been <laughs> difficult. Know. That would have been inconvenient. So, so some of that plays into convenience and the plot of the yeah the, the plot here. Yeah, they have uh, an ally that we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. We get there when we get there. Who assume like we can sort of chalk up most of the convenience to their, uh, yeah. their ally in the yes. situation. Made things work for them in order right. for it to work for them. It's it's a little bit later. They are in line. Sam and, and Sam and Dean are in line, standing pretty close to the people. People around them, yeah, discussing a conversation, know, discussing the case. This is always what they do, and they're not even like whispering or anything. Yeah, Sam was like, "This is the dumbest, craziest thing we've ever done," and that's in a long storied career of dumb and crazy. So he's stressed. Yeah, yeah. Dean admits that Henriksen showing up was not part of his plan, <laughs> but Dean's like, "It doesn't change anything. We just have to find the ghost and deal with it." He mentions liking the idea of grabbing a couple of teardrop tattoos. Sam's and, like, "That's not funny." <laughs> 
<laughs> like, Dean, don't laugh about that. That's not. We, we don't do that. Oh, we don't want to. Sam into would. That. Sam would be the person who's like, we don't want to associate <gasps> with that. <laughs> we don't want to get tattoos, man. De- but Dean insists his escape plan is 100% a sure thing, and I'm, I don't believe that no. for a second. I'm dubious about that. <laughs> He's like, yo, I wouldn't have gone in if it wasn't 100%. I don't believe no. that for a I second either. I don't believe that for a second either, sir. I'm dubious about that. So Dean goes through how this this place has all of the signs of a haunting and that there are four innocent people who have died so far and Sam chuckles. He's like, Ugh. Innocent. I'm like, hey, Whoa. man. And uh, then Dean is like, are you from Texas all of a sudden? Yeah. Which, like, first of all, very funny. They both are. That is funny. Yeah. They are both from Texas, but... Also considering all the things that have been going on in Texas now. <laughs> Texas today. He. <laughs> yeah, that's all I could think about when he said that, so I'm like... Yeah, no, it's still bad. Still bad there. Still bad to be in Texas. Yikes. So Dean is like, you know, just because these people are in jail doesn't mean they deserve to die. And if we don't stop it, people will keep dying. He's like, so we do the job, whatever it takes. I just want to sit in this scene for just a hot second here, mm-hmm. wondering where Sam's attitude was from playthings. Needing to save as many people as possible. Yeah. At you know, first glance, I guess it seems a little inconsistent, but I guess it's kind of still consistent. He wanted to save as many people as possible, not because he wanted to save as many people as possible, but because if he saves a certain unknown number of people, that he means saved. he's saved. Whereas Dean wants to save as many people as possible all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. people need to be saved. Yeah, just... There's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, Sam's kind of got a selfish aspect to it. Sam's very selfish. Mm-hmm. Sam is... We've seen a number of times lacking in empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Which is funny, coming from Sam. <laughs> who's supposed to be, like, the empathetic one. He's it's kind of manipulative. He yeah. the he can connect with people when he needs something. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't serve him, he ought, he usually doesn't. Yeah. Dean, awkward and not as charismatic as he thinks he is, feels a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the time. So, Dean very openly and obviously empathizing with these people here. And Sam completely lacking in empathy and compassion. Just really interesting. Yeah. And that this it's is like such a privileged state for Sam. Yes, mm-hmm. it really is. Stanford Sam, who was going to be a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Who sees, it's like, well, these people have been through the legal system, so. Right, so they're bad. So they're yeah. bad. If if you have been convicted, then, like, you're, you've done something wrong. And therefore are not worth his time. Which is so funny because of all the bad things that they do that aren't even the bad things they're in there for. Yeah. Which is, like, all the credit card fraud, which is real. Constant. All the conning, like, or the, like, hustling for a pool. The, like, I mean, all these things that. The only difference between the guys who are in here and Sam and Dean is Sam and Dean have have not got caught. They've gotten caught, but they haven't haven't, been, like, captured. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They are still criminals. And Sam, who was able to separate himself from that lifestyle and go to to pre-law. Yeah, he's really got the, like, well, we're not like them. Yes. Uh He does think like that. There is, Sam has a little bit of an us in them. And Dean, you know, much more empathizing with the people in, in jail here. Because, again, like, there's really no difference between him and most of the other guys here. Yeah. He's lived a drifter lifestyle most of his life has been illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And criminal is an entirely arbitrary term. 
the, you know, what makes someone a criminal is determined entirely on laws, which are written by people in positions of power, and a, you know, judicial system, which is largely run by people in positions of power and disproportionately affects the marginalized. Mm -hmm. Dean has a leg up on a lot of marginalized people by being white and at least straight passing Mm -hmm. and, you know, a man, but he's still living scam to scam money-wise. Uh, does not have a home, does not own land. He's a he's a drifter. Yeah. So, you know, would would fall under, you know, person affected by homelessness. Would be affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going into, you know, uh, the, the criminal justice system, but would, would not necessarily, things would not go great for him. Yeah. And Sam has been able to remove himself from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, sort of imagine himself above that. Yeah. Which is very, you know, person who went to college and thinks they're better than everyone in their hometown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because, you know, they took women's studies 101. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not correct. Because according to the encyclopedia of... So and you know and that's that's basically what Sam what Sam is right he's still pretty young he's you know twenty three probably at this point and his his real real world experience ended with his girlfriend dying yeah. <laughs> yep and then they went on you know their their road trip of monsters and mayhem <laughs> so he hasn't really had time to explore the the world as like a person yeah and you know Dean is so emotionally constipated he's not a great role model for how to be you know a person in society so just getting a really interesting snapshot here of, of their stances. And of course, as always, Dean is uh, not pro-cop or pro-carceral system mm-hmm. with this statement. If this were just a case that had come up that Sam had found, he would have absolutely passed it by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because these people are not worth his time. They're not worth saving. They're not worth saving because they're people who went through the carceral system. So therefore, they're bad people. Yeah. So therefore, there are better, there are higher quality targets. Yeah. yeah. So and he... also, this, this is a hard job to do. Mm. None of that matters to Dean. What matters to Dean is that he saves as many people as possible all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, and he can empathize with these people, specifically. But Sam points out, though, that he's like, that Dean specifically is doing this for Deacon, who they explain is an old war buddy of John's. They were in the Marine Corps together. The boys barely know him, but apparently he saved John back in the day. And they owe him. Right. And this is important to Dean. Loyalty is important to Dean. Sam is like, don't you think he's asking a little much? Maybe. (laughs) So then Dean is like, well, it doesn't matter. We're not saints, but we're loyal. Uh, We pay our debts. Deacon asked us to hunt this thing down. That's exactly what we're going to do. Dean values loyalty very highly. Mm -hmm. This is is another little character thing we get to see here. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Little nugget. Little little, little nugget. The only thing is, I would understand if they had more interactions with him. But of course, Dean is only playing off of he was great friends with John. So, of course, we have to help him because John would have wanted it. We still have to, like, pay out respects to John somehow. Yeah, I mean, like, it would have, like, obviously ruined like, the surprise, but, like, if, or maybe maybe if it had just been mentioned in, like, earlier episodes, like, that they have a contact named Deacon that, like... Yeah, this is the first time we hear about a Deacon who knew John. And he's very important because he saved his life and, like, we have to help. Yeah, And it's like, but this is the first time we're hearing about him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've never I think if he was so important that we'd have heard about him sooner. We've never heard about him. I don't know if we ever hear about him again. Okay. <laughs> important for a one-off episode, yeah. I guess. Our next scene, we're 
eating in the cafeteria, and Sam looks disgusted. He is not impressed with his lunch. Dean is eating his. So Sam's like, <laughs> finish mine. Gross. And they're still working the case. Again, no. In a cafeteria? Just, like, talk. just yeah. talking. I don't know. Sound passes in cafeterias. Like, you can hear what people are saying at different tables. Especially yeah, in that close of a vicinity. It or, didn't seem like uh, too loud of no, a place. You know, like, it, they weren't, yeah. like, in hushed tones. When everybody's talking, you know, it was very, like, we're having a conversation and, like, the people around us might hear it. So our number one suspect for the ghost is a guy named Mark Moody, who, you know, is a pretty standard, was, you know, a murderer and was involved in, like, Satanism and ritual murder and stuff. Died in jail. What was the name of the character from Harry Potter? Mad-Eye? <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody. That's all I could think of when they kept on saying When they Moody. said, like, Moody, I'm like, what? <laughs> Sam asks Dean if, like, so, that, like, this is our, you know, our, you know, one big, our lead is this murderer who died in jail of a heart attack, which is what all of the people who have been dying have. So Sam asks Dean if he's sure, and Dean's like, pretty sure. <laughs> Sam is like, Dean, considering our circumstances, I'm going to need a little better than pretty sure. Really pretty sure. <laughs> this guy, Moody, died in the old cell block, which was closed off after he died for, like, 30 years, but was just reopened. So there's probably something in the old block that belongs to him to that's going to keep him around so the they're like, well, pretty, you know, pretty simple. Got to go find it, deal with it. And there we done. go. Done, and done, done. done. There we're done. <laughs> so Dean's like, yep, yeah, this is easy. Gets up to leave and just leaves his tray. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very concerned about that. Put it away. Like, <laughs> no one's going to clean that up after you. Yeah. Put it away. Yeah, where what? it goes. Did you learn nothing? You dumped from the food you didn't eat in the garbage. School? Yeah, well, you put. I was going to say he didn't go to elementary school, did he? Did he? Well, not really. No. I'm talking about <laughs> Jared. <laughs> Alecky and Jensen. Jensen, they both leave. They they, they do, but but um, you'd think that the actors would be like, "Are we supposed to leave these here?" It's harder to reset the props if they dump it in the garbage every time. Yeah, and if they've got to do five billion takes because Jared, (laughs) because Jared keeps doing something stupid, playing with the food or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's much harder to reset the props if they keep dumping it in the garbage. So for TV, I get it makes sense for TV. It's stupid. Put your put your tray where where it goes. You dump your food in the garbage. You put the tray in the little conveyor belt or through the slot or whatever. Yeah. They go. They both go to leave and Sam gets shouldered by a guy who he looks at him for a second and apologizes to the guy. And the guy's like, watch where you're going. And Dean comes in and he's like, he said he was sorry. Yeah, because poor Sam, he just kind of like shrivels into himself. He's like, oh, yes, that's he's right. Like, I'm sorry. He, Sam, Sam was uh, taller than this guy. This guy was yeah. like yeah. sturdy, but, right. but Sam Sam was, you know, head and shoulders taller than this guy. And he, and he gets like he fully shoulder checked. No, of course he did. And of course Sam's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then Dean's like, hey, he said he was sorry. Yeah, marches up, like, chest puffed out. And the guy's like, you talking to me? You talking to me? me? <laughs> Dean's like, oh, great. Another guy who's seen Taxi Driver too many times. Uh, yeah, I'm talking to you. He's like, trust me. Let it go. Let it go. Which, like, we know. Yeah. Yeah. Old man. Mm-hmm. Let it go. These guys kill They're people. serious. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of serious. But, of course, the, you know, and, you know, so this guy, like, leaves. And Dean's like, and like. This is when, <laughs> this is when I 
paused it and I was like, oh, Dean's the alpha. Dean, <laughs> Dean got the pecking order. Dean's like, yeah, I showed him. You just gotta like be confident. Instant respect. And like, the guys kind of start to gather. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We see like all of the guys around them stop eating and start to stand up and sort of form like a circle. The guy who shoulder checked Sam has gone over to talk to a much larger gentleman and they both stand up and come back. They and haven't... Sam reading the room is like, no. I was like, I was like, never mind. No, no, no. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> and Sam's like, yeah, you sure about that, bud? And Dean like is like, oh no. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and they have a little fight about it. And uh, Dean kind of gets the other guy in a headlock, and he's like, we can end this right now. There's uh, no harm, no foul. And they keep fighting. He k- ends up kicking him in the groin, kick- knees him down to the ground, and we hear guards say, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. And he says, on your feet, Lucas, to the other guy, who's like, yes, sir, boss. Yes, sir, boss. <laughs> the lead guard sort of marches over to Dean, gets his, like, nightstick thing under his uh, his club, under his under Dean's chin, lifts it up, asks for his name, and he's just like, Winchester. Yeah, and the, this lead guard is like, well, Winchester, not a good start. And he says that they're uh, solitary for both him and Lucas. The large man who Lucas went and talked to motions to Sam and does the throat slit thing. <laughs> Dead. And Sam just kind of goes, just, just big sigh. This might as well happen. Adult life is already so goddamn weird. So in the solitary block, Dean is trying to make some light conversation with Lucas across the hall, which isn't going well. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had a baseball. And he's like, what? Right. He's like, a baseball, you know, like, you know, Steve, like Steve, Steve McQueen. McQueen. He's like, well, I wish I had a bat so I could bash your head in. <laughs> It's like, like, all right then. So much for bonding in solitary moments. Like, Dean, read the room. Yep. (laughs) Dean, charisma is not your stat. (laughs) Stop doing charisma things. You're not good at it. Except please don't because it's adorable. Have we all seen The Great Escape here? You have not. You have not. Do you know the reference? Yes. You would know it from Chicken (laughs) Run. Yes. And from, um... A lot of things reference it. Well, of course. Didn't think of Chicken Run first. I thought of the Phineas and Ferb movie. Okay. I The, the Great Escape was another one of those movies I watched. During the... Your weird war My movie phase. Weird, weird war movie yeah. phase where I, I watched think we a talked lot of about war. this. We, we have we have mentioned because the war movies, I, but Great think, Escape was one of those. Because I think I just went, oh yeah, do do do. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Great Escape, Kelly's Heroes, Mash. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, Catch Twenty Two. You know, all you know, good good movies. I should definitely have been watching. Catch Twenty Two is. <laughs> hmm? I didn't know Catch Twenty Two. Catch Twenty Two is a book first. MASH also is a book first. Yeah. Fine. I was in high school. That was fine. Yeah. Yeah. The Great Escape was a real event that was then made into a movie. And then has that that event has been, and that like that core idea has been adapted into lots of stuff and lots of stuff references The Great Escape. Chicken Run being... Chicken yes. Run being... The big one. The, yes. my, <laughs> other than The Great Escape movie, that would be my other touchstone <laughs> for this reference. It's Chicken Run. Chicken Run. <laughs> the whole movie is... Is, is, the, is the Great Escape. Escape. They basically, just remade it with chickens. <laughs> basically, yeah. No, if you've seen Chicken Run, you got you got the idea. There are parts of it that are like frame for frame almost. Yeah. Re- re- remakes, like between... With the spoon. The spoon, and the, yes. And like, ding, it, ding, the, on the it's cart. All of the visual references. Chicken Run's a great movie, actually. It really is. <laughs> Some parts of it still creep me out. Oh my god, yeah, it's, 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 it's very it's creepy. It's extremely dark. It is an extremely dark the, movie. I mean, it's all about an abusive relationship, but... 
yeah, there's an abusive relationship at the core of it. But and, th- and there are things about Chicken Run that are dark in a way The Great Escape is not. Yeah. Because the people in The Great Escape are not, are not being eaten. eaten. <laughs> yeah. They're prisoners of war. They're not being eaten by the warden. <laughs> yeah. Dean notices the ghost electricity, the cold breath. He sees the clock stop and is like, we got ghosts. He's like, oh, crap. He's like, Lucas, don't move. And then Lucas moves. (laughs) And he moves. He hears whispering at the door slot and goes over to it and looks through. A face appears. It's all like with like bloody veiny eyes. And he kind of, Lucas backs up and then a hand grabs his by the face and turns him around. And this face is there, this person, this figure is staring at him. And Lucas starts getting veiny face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like whatever, like, you know, it's the draining necrotic. Yeah. It's necrotic something like the veins are like creeping up his face and turning dark and he starts screaming and Dean is in the other cell it's and like, he can't oh, man. do anything <laughs> no man oh man oh man yeah no he has to sit there and listen to this guy scream de- to death yeah he can't do anything he can't save him oh it's torture Henriksen and Reedy are looking through some files, and there's a knock at the door. Public defender Mara Daniels <laughs> walks in, and she wants to talk to Henriksen. Mm-hmm. I was, like, a little shocked, but he was like, have a seat, what's on your mind? Yeah. It was very, like, I thought he was going to be like, get out. I thought he was going to be like, we're working here, you know, or like. Or you're a public, you're with the defense. We are with the prosecution. Yeah, why are you just, we don't, we don't so, chat? To be fair. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. Well, to be fair. I have not been to law school. I I really don't know the rules for real. I have seen Law and Order when it has been on the television. which I have a suspicion is not entirely accurate all the time. However, I don't think that the prosecution and the defense are supposed to talk to each other a lot. Not a lot anyway. I I don't think the defense is supposed to do what Mara Daniels is doing in this scene, which is come in, take a seat, and just be like, I don't know about this case, guys. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's so weird. There's some, you know... There's some weird inconsistency. You know, I'm a public defender, which means, like, most of my people are probably guilty. But, like, like, I'm looking at this case and there are some weird inconsistencies that she brings up. And Victor's like, welcome to my world. (laughs) And she's like, you know, a cop in Baltimore swears that they helped her catch a killer. There's a witness in Milwaukee who swears Sam and Dean saved her life. And Victor's like, saved her from what? And Mara's like, well, she was a little unclear on that. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, because they're all crazy. And, you know, dismisses all of it and, you know, it's like, I've been working this case for forever and like blah, blah, blah. Mara, you know, is is insisting that there's more to this, but she's she's like, 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 as if she's working the case with, with them. them. She's like, there's more to this. I don't know what it is. It's just yeah. strange. Yeah, she's like, I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> like, ma'am, you are their lawyer. Yeah. You, yeah. you should not be admitting to the prosecution that you don't know what's going on. Yeah, and yeah, she's like, they just don't seem guilty to me. And <laughs> I'm like, ma'am, that's not, ma'am. is that your job? That's not your job. No. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, Victor's like, strange. Like, yeah, okay. And he sits down and he's like, grown-ups are trying to get work done here. He's like, so if you don't mind, and just dismisses her. Yeah. Throughout this whole scene, FBI buddy doesn't really say anything. Yeah. But he is, you know, sitting, you know, casually, one butt cheek on the desk. Like armed, he does. <laughs> like, he, like he does. Arms crossed. He's got, his jacket is off because he, he's working. So his, you know, his sleeves are rolled up and his tie is a little loose. And he's, <laughs> and, and he's like sitting casually. 
slightly, like like one butt cheek on the desk, kind of like a little bit behind and to the side of where Mara sits. Yeah. To like look down at her. Yeah. And she's sitting for most of the scene and Victor sort he of... stands up for a bit. St- he's standing for a bit and like where he's sitting, he's sitting in, in like more of like a position of power looking mm-hmm. at her. His chair is like, I don't know, feels like... It's, it's just feels taller, like a, bigger. He's got a big desk. Bigger presence. And he's like, yeah, sit in the teeny tiny little seat. In the short chair that makes you look small. <laughs> yeah. This whole scene, she is treated and she acts very naive, like amateur. Amateur. Like, I don't know what to do. Can you guys help me? Which is, yeah, which is a very different vibe from how she was introduced, which was much more like girl boss. Yeah. Which I also wasn't crazy about. Right. But I don't but like this no, either. either. Yeah, and Reedy just looks at Victor like, can you believe this girl? <laughs> like, Women, am I right? <laughs> yeah. There's some of that vibe, too. Yeah, it's very um, like, she doesn't understand or she's, she's using her her emotions because she she thinks that they're not guilty. Like, yeah, we yeah. know the logic here, and she's it has nothing to, to do attached. with emotions. She's, she's getting, getting to, to attach yeah. to them. There's also something in the the witnesses she brings up that Sam and Dean have saved. Yeah, were women. Yes, there's something to his dismissal there. Yes, where he's like, okay, oh, well that's a crazy cop. Yeah, like, it was like, a crazy cop. It's like he specifically says, yeah, well she <laughs> was crazy. She was nuts. So that like that kind of dismissal of a woman. Yeah, and. A his um just like the whole, all of the body like, language. I don't need any woman in my life. I've got this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> Reed is like that's right, boss. That's right, boss. I'm right here, right here. Yeah, right what you said. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm just picturing Patrick Warburton. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. Um, yeah, that's right, boss. Yeah, that's right, boss. So not crazy about this scene. Not crazy about the tone and consistency in like the cop nonsense. Yeah. I don't know what they think they're doing with her character. No because it, it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent and like with these two scenes she's not a character. No. She has, she is, you know, a lamp who's been wheeled in yep. and to two different scenes. In one scene she's a lamp and the other she's a potted plant. Well, in but one, yeah. When she, in one scene she's a lamp that is... It turned itself on for a minute. Yeah. yeah. It turned itself yeah. on and she, then... Then they wheeled her back out. Yep. It's just inconsistent and I didn't like it and why is it in this episode if it's not going to help us? Nope. No idea. Don't like it. She's just there to give them the answers at the end. Yeah. Because they're yeah, like... Yeah, that's not a character. Because no, they were not. like, we that's... can't do anything from inside the prison. Yeah. So we need someone outside that's the prison. That, that's not a character. No. Our next scene, we are in the prison bathrooms. Sam and our friend Randall from mm-hmm. Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can settle this. We're reasonable men. They're mopping the floors and they're having a little chat. Sam's trying to get a little light conversation. He's just like, how you doing? <laughs> and Randall kind of looks at him for a second and he's like, then he keeps mopping and he goes, I'm 54 years old, mopping the floor of a crapper with bars on the windows. How do you think I'm doing? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, Sam deserves a little sass, I think, this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. He's like, all right, that was bad, but hi, I'm Sam. Uh, Randall introduces himself and Sam recognizes the name from some, re- some, some research that we didn't yeah. see. Yep. And Brett recognizes that Randall was the ghost murder witness and starts to ask him questions about it. And <laughs> Randall's like, like, okay, I got nothing else to do. I guess I'm just going to answer this kid's question. Yeah. yeah. Weird questions. Well, Sam asks, like, what happened to the guard? And Randall says that they say the stress got to him. And Sam's like, well, what do you say? And the way that he looks at him, he's like, what do you say? <laughs> and, like, he was smiling. 
yeah. while holding the mop kind of like to his side. Randall's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, he deflects. Yeah. Uh, and you know, asks why why Sam's in jail. And Sam's like, I have an idiot for a brother. And Randall's like, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> but Sam keeps pushing. And we learn that Randall spent time in the old cell block and he was there the night Moody died. And Sam's like, oh yeah, well, he, how'd he die? It was a heart attack, right? And Randall's like, yeah, his heart stopped after the guards stopped using his head for batting practice. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yikes. Yikes. So, uh, and Sam's like, wait, he was beaten and it, nobody reported it? I'm like, Sam, oh my god. Like, he's stupid. He's stupid. <laughs> he's like, Randall's like, you kept your mouth shut unless you wanted to die from the same heart attack. Like, like you, you yeah, dumb yeah, fungus. <laughs> wait, the guards did something bad and you didn't want to report it to the guards? Oh, Sam. Yeah. yeah. And nobody said this anything to the, the guards? <laughs> this, is, this is, it's not, it's not quite as bad as Dean needing racism and explaining yes, I was yeah. gonna say. several so times. Why didn't you call the police? Like, because the police are racist. We're doing doing it too. Doing the thing. It's like, Dean, come on. And, yeah, you, D- you're usually so on top yeah, of this. Really? Um, so not quite as bad as, as, as Dean needing racism explained to him several times. This, this makes more sense for Sam's character. Yeah. This is, this is, I mean, he, you know, he was going to go to law school. He believes in the law. Yeah. And people here did bad things. So, therefore, they're here. Yep. So. And when somebody does a bad thing, you've got to report it. Yeah. <laughs> and then there are steps and procedures. Not, not, just, just, not just like, oh, they'll, no, they'll turn around and just get killed. Yeah, yeah. No. Like, what? <laughs> Our next scene, Dean is playing a card game with another prisoner for cigarettes. He's got a whole pile of them next to him. And whatever game they're playing, Dean wins. And the guy gets mad but walks away. And I was expecting another fight. I know. I, I was, was like, like oh, oh, boy. oh, boy. Dean, Pushing your luck. <laughs> Dean making friends. Sam comes up and, like, Dean, you don't even smoke. Why, do you, why are you here? <laughs> why do you have so many cigarettes? He says it's the currency of the realm. So the boys debrief. Dean tells Sam about his ghost encounter last night in solitary and Sam fills Dean on the bloody cell situation from the guards beating Moody to death in uh, in the old cell block. Sam says he's got a plan and I have not seen the movie Dean references. No, but he references that he's like, Sammy, you're like Clint Eastwood from Escape from Alcatraz. But I, I mean, I know Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen very many Eastwood movies. Kelly's I've Heroes. I've seen Kelly's Heroes, that's it. I've seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I've not seen Escape from Alcatraz. Sam points out that like for the first plan to work like because he's got to get in there to burn whatever blood is is in the is in the cell yeah sam is like we're gonna need accelerant and dean says well good thing i'm like james garner from the great escape and calls out to the yard asking if anyone's ready to deal holding up his handful of cigarettes our next scene we're in line getting food and dean is like you sure about this and sam is like pretty sure (laughs) and so then dean repeats that line that sam had earlier which was i'm gonna need more than pretty sure and sam's like really pretty sure really pretty sure but he says it with like a like a <laughs> yeah all right and uh, <laughs> I do like uh, Dean is getting spaghetti and he says to the guy serving him he's like I- I'd like mine al dente and then he just like hmm, like slaps it on puts the sauce on he's like perfect. <laughs> Crosses the cafeteria to sit across from the large man from earlier. The man who did, like, the, I'm gonna kill you. To Sam. To Sam. To Sam. This very, very large man. Who is, like, as Dean sits down, he is shaking his head. He's like, no, no, no. Like, this little, this no, little guy. This little shit. This little shit is gonna start some shit. And Dean does. He starts antagonizing him about his size and his weight and his eating habits and his self-esteem. She's trying to start shit. Yeah. And as Dean's doing this, Sam sort of sidles up to, like, the edge of the room 
to watch and makes note of the guards standing at the edge of the room also watching. And it gets to the point where this very large man has had enough. He kind of smiles and nods and shoves his tray to the side and lunges for Dean with a big punch. <laughs> and then we have a fight. And Dean's they're... trying to get a few good punches in and it's that kind of like punch. It's oh smack. no, this is and not... And he just turns his head forward like, did you just smack me? <laughs> like, <laughs> that kind of, this isn't doing any damage, yeah. is it? <laughs> this is doing less than half of my damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the fight gets to a point where Dean is starting to lose the fight. A guard comes in. <laughs> tries to stop it. Gets the, Tries to get um, this the bigger man in like a headlock with his baton, but he gets picked up and slammed onto the table. Oh my God. So all the other guards come rushing in, and as the other guards rush in, Sam ducks out through the kitchen, grabs a thing of salt, and goes to a vent. Then just starts climbing into the air ducts. Yep, and I'm like, you know where this goes. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> yeah, you, you must know where this goes. You've memorized the air duct layout of the prison before coming in here. I hope, right? Yeah, it's that's the research he did. Definitely you're not, not going to need to like like the boiler. Yeah, or right. Like a spinning a spinning fan a spinning blade. Yeah. Fan blade. <laughs> <laughs> or like the, the chopping walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like um the it goes into like leads down into the trash chute that uh, the incinerator in, or the incinerator <laughs> or like the trash chute from Star Wars where it's like yeah. the walls start closing yeah. in on them. And there's a monster in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You you would hope that Sam has this layout memorized. The fight continues. The guards are trying to break it up and they get Dean away. The lead guard is like, we waited any longer, you'd be dead. And he's like, well, you waited long enough. Which in hindsight is kind of funny. Yeah. Because he's like, you, you fucking waited long enough. Yeah. In the moment though, not so funny. Not because so funny. Because the lead guard, guard uh, takes his stick and slams it into Dean's gut, making him double over. Yeah. And he's like, do yourself favor. Don't talk. And he orders them both to the infirmary. Mm. In the old cell block, Sam has made it through the vents. Yep. Scrambles down the wall. Just arrives in Moody's cell. Yep. Just, he just knows. He knows which one is which. which. which we, we just assume is right. He finds a bloody mattress and he's got his little teeny tiny like Bic lighter. Yep. <laughs> the little plastic ones. That he like pops the top off. Which I've which never... Isn't, which is not an easy thing to do with nope. like just your thumb. He, just, go, it, he just pop and then breaks off. I'm like, all right. I mean, I've, maybe you're a strong man. But <laughs> a strong man with very large thumbs. But like, <laughs> and like, and maybe it's a little bit. It's one. It's the largest size possibly of Bic lighter that just looks tiny in his giant in, in, in his, his giant, giant hands. hands. <laughs> But still, it's not a ton of accelerant. It's really not. <laughs> pours it, pours it on. Salts, salts the uh, mattress with his little salt shaker. A little salt shaker. Takes a match. And there's, I don't know. I had to pause it because there's like a little. There's something on the pillow when he, like, as he's like pouring the stuff onto it. There's mm-hmm. something on the pillow that's not supposed to be there. I don't know what it was, but it looked like a Q-tip. Oh, <laughs> it was like some oh, little no. line, some little, some uh, little piece of something, like I'll some have to stick, go back. I'll have a to tiny go. stick. I have to go back and look. Because it wasn't like the match either. You know, he had, yeah. he lights it and then puts it down. But like, it, there was to, something there. I'll have to go back and look. Maybe it had to do with like the fire special effect. It may have. Like like the the igniter thing or whatever. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, it's gonna and then when they hit the button off screen or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how special effects work. No, no idea. I don't work in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> the pillow just explodes. <laughs> Ah, shoot. Another one's gone wrong. <laughs> so, as salt and burns that we've seen go, pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. Looks at the match as he lights it. Yes. And, and l- lets, it, lets, it, lets it burn for a second. Burn. And then drops it. Let it touch your knuckle. Owie. <laughs> I forgot. I was mesmerized by the flame and I forgot. <laughs> and, ooh, ooh, ooh. He's just staring at it. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I haven't done that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
got, got distracted watching the match. <laughs> yep. So back in the infirmary, Dean and the, the large man who we are introduced to as uh, Tiny are having a little chat. Dean apologizes for having to get Tiny mad, having to say things to get him mad. He says he can't tell him why, but he had to do it. And Tiny admits to having low self-esteem and uh, talks about how his father treated him and his brother terribly right up until the day his father died. Dean's like, oh, like, how'd he die? Is it my brother shot him? And Dean's like, okay. Okay. Which made me think about how Sam almost had to shoot John. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, wow, that could have been me. (laughs) Could have been. But based on, you know, their whole thing with, like, dealing with bodies and stuff, probably wouldn't have actually ended up in jail. (laughs) As in he he would have been as fucked up as as this guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Dean looks up and sees a ghost. A ghost lady. It's a ghost lady. Dressed as, like, a nurse. (laughs) And she's doing, like, the ghost like... (laughs) Were you thinking sexy nurse? (laughs) When he says it later, when he's like, well, I mean, unless uh, Moody likes dressing up as a nurse, I was just thinking of, like, like sexy (laughs) nurse (laughs) outfit. When he said, uh, like, I mean, we'll get there. We get there when we get there. But when he says, like, unless Moody liked dressing up like a nurse, my first thought was Klinger. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this ghost, the ghost nurse is doing, like, ghost things. Like, she's standing there staring at him and does, like, a head twitch. Yeah. It's, it's you know, the creepy long hair stare, stiff arm thing. Mm-hmm. And Dean is like, oh, crap. And poor Tiny is like, what is it? Because, like, they're they're in, like, the, this like, oh, divider. Man. Like, they can't see each other. And he isn't, I don't know if he just, like, isn't looking. Like, he wouldn't be able to see or it. Or he can't see from that angle. Can't see from yeah. that angle. But she walks through part dun, of like dun, the dun, wall dun, ahead dun, of dun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, she she sort of walks through this wall partition sort of ahead of Dean. And I don't know if we've actually seen a ghost walk through something like that. Yeah, they usually just go ghost fast. She walks through this wall and Dean's like scrambling like, uh, uh, and sees the salt canister on his tray from dinner, grabs it, and then she flings him back with ghost powers. He hits the wall, falls Tiny, to the floor. Tiny's like, what is it? Like, what's like, going on? Just imagine, like, like, talk to him. Just imagine hearing just someone in this in like the cell next to you like, uh, 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 like and seeing a silhouette hit the wall <laughs> you're like what is going on over there the ghost is in the cell with Dean it grabs his chest he starts to get like the necrotic vein thing he starts to scream he groans and then he takes the salt and kind of punches her with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and she dissolves there's a momentary sigh of relief and we hear her whoosh and know that she has appeared in Tiny's cell because we hear him start to scream. Dean calls for the guard, but we see Tiny's silhouette fall against the grating the, in the, the, the partition between their cells and he dies. Yeah. Oh, Tiny. Sorry, Tiny. Poor Tiny. Why did they do that? So just a moment of trivia about Tiny. Tiny is played by an actor named Cliff Kosterman, who is Jared and Jensen's real-life bodyguard and driver. Oh, cool! I like that. And he will and he will appear on the show as a couple more characters cool. as, as the show goes on. So he's real real life Cliff, their bodyguard. <laughs> that is really funny. So then it's a different kind of dynamic for that scene when Dean is like being mean to him than if it was just another yeah. actor, yeah. like a colleague, you know. But it, it's, yeah. their, no, it's their their guy. It's their guy. He's their guy. And and doing like the, the punches where like he doesn't move at all and yeah. and then you know kids gets to pick him up and toss him. Yeah, we're in the yard and yeah. So Sam 
asks Dean if he's like, so it wasn't Moody? And that's when Dean is like, so unless Moody liked to dress like a nurse, that seems like, so this is a ghost of some nurse who worked here? Like, I guess we're back at square one, you know, and Dean's like, I don't know, a man, I guess. Sounds like, um, at this point, I don't know, I guess, it isn't really working for me. And he says like that he thought they were done. He called Deacon and says that they're getting out tonight. And Dean's like, well, I guess we got to do some quick research. And, and Sam's like, we're in a prison. Yeah. yeah. Ha- we have How no access to computers or books. So research is talk to Randall. <laughs> Yeah. So they do. And they, uh, over the course of their conversation with Randall, who's like, these guys are weird and asking a lot of weird questions. Mm -hmm. They have to trade two full packs of smokes for the information. But he remembers that there was a nurse who matches the description of the ghost, uh, Nurse Glockner. And he calls her a nasty old bitch. He does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A nasty old bitch who worked there in the 70s. And story goes that, you know, you'd go up, you know, to the, to the infirmary with a cold and come out in a body bag. His experience with her only he had to get a tetanus shot and he says she damn near jammed the needle through the other side of my arm. Yeah, but at least I got out alive. Yeah, he says, like, again, rumors but they think it was like a, he says hypodermic heart attack and re- references Charles Bronson, but he doesn't know what happened to her and can't really help them beyond that. So they're kind of out of luck as far as research goes, because again, they don't have access to the internet. Yeah. So, back in the cafeteria the boys are working the case, trying to put together the pattern. They're not sure how she's tied to the old cell block, but but she's potentially going after anyone who breaks the law because they're like, okay, well, the guard who died, rumor has it, he wasn't clean. He wasn't clean, right? This is where, uh, yeah, Dean says that he heard in the yard that this guard wasn't clean. And Sam is like, you heard in the yard? He's like, does it not bother you that you fit in here? Dean's like, nope. (laughs) Well, it's like, first of all, where else would you hear it if you heard it in the yard? Right. What else would you say? Be like, I heard it when I was outside in the area where we were uh, doing all their exercises. Yes, in our recreational activity area. Calisthenics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're... I'm like, Sam, check your privilege, please. It's making me sick. (laughs) (laughs) There's some of that, certainly. But I do want to just, you know, point out, when Dean is provided structure, he thrives. Even Um, this kind of structure. Yeah. And so, in in prison, I mean, it's, you know, dehumanizing and which, you know, part of the, the whole way way our prison system is built. You are given three meals a day and a very strict routine and a stable shelter where, you know, everything's the same every day, which is something Dean's never had. So when given structure, we see him, he's actually doing okay. Yeah. Which is sad. (laughs) Yeah. Sam says that they need more info on Glockner, where she's buried or if she's buried, and they got five hours to get it. And Dean is about to say something and Sam is like, don't give me that look. Like, we're, we're leaving tonight no matter what. And Dean is like, well, I just don't want to let Deacon down. We do owe him. So Sam points out that they don't owe him their lives. Yeah. Which, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, okay, we've got five hours. So Dean's plan is he's going to go talk to their public defender. So out in the phone room, the the visiting room, the, with the with the plexiglass yeah. and, the, and yeah. the phones. And the two phones that you talk through. Mara's like, you want me to do what? <laughs> Dean wants Mara to research Glockner for them. Of course, she's like, no, I want to talk about your case. And he's like, I don't want to talk about the case. I don't care about the case. I don't want to talk about the case. And she's like, 
like, like, do you know how serious this is? And he's like, I got a vague notion. Like every lawyer they've interacted with so far. They're like, do you understand? (laughs) These are serious charges. And do you not get that? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not about that. That's not important. Let's talk about ghosts. There was a a lady, a nurse who died here in the 70s. (laughs) I need you to find where she's buried. And she's like, but here's Uh, the thing. She does... Considering all the grave desecration, <laughs> I know she's, she's just she's a lawyer doing her job. No, no. <laughs> she's they're in for grave desecration. Like, oh, and he's like, he's like, I don't care about the case. Whatever. Where's she buried? I need though. you to tell me buried. where this one lady is buried. Like, and she's like, she's okay. like but I want to talk about the case. And he's like, believe me, this is this is the best way you can help me. And he's like, do you, you look into my eyes? Yeah. Do you think? I'm I'm guilty. He's like, you seem smart. You seem like the kind of person who can just look at look at someone and tell if they're guilty. Look at me. Am I guilty? And like, okay, first of all, that's not yes, how that, no, that's, that's, that's how not, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's not her job. No. no, it's just to look at you and know if you're guilty or not. It doesn't matter. She's imagine the public, she's the public defender. What, it doesn't imagine, matter if you're guilty or not. Imagine yeah. if that's what court was like. You look into someone's eyes and you're like, hmm. Guilty. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think this person has committed some bad crimes. <laughs> so <laughs> they just end the scene staring at each other. Yeah. And he's like, we're not the bad guys. Like, that's convincing. <laughs> Going for that big charisma role. Yeah. Back out in the prison yard, Sam and Dean meet up and argue. Brother fight. Brother fight. Brother fight. <laughs> <laughs> They have no more information, and they can't wait around, even though Dean wants to. Everything, like, they, they've, they've hit a dead end, and they're out of time. So Dean's like, okay, fine, you go, I'll stay. And starts to just walk off. And Sam's like, no, don't you walk away from me. And goes yep, to... he, like, turns him around, like, goes to grab him. And he's like, because Dean's like, screw you. And Sam's like, what? Screw you! And, like, pulls Dean to face him. And then Dean shoves Sam, and the guards jump on them. And the lead guard is like, I see the usual methods aren't going to work with you. So the, the guards drag them out of the yard and into the the uh, the bathrooms, the shower room. Which this is a bad sign. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is a, this this very is, bad. This is a room that's easy to clean up. Yep, that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, there are drains here. Mm-hmm. This is the tile. That's easy to mop up. Yep. And um, lead guard says to the other guard who's there, "Take off. I want to handle this alone." And it's like, that's scary. That's very scary. And the gu- other guard is like, "Fine, sure. Yeah, I'll leave." <laughs> and then he goes. And I'm like, my my first thought is, "Oh wow, how how regular." an occurrence is this. So this is something I uh, I wasn't sure when when we were going to talk about it. So well, well yeah, there let's, is, let's let's get to the the end of this part of the scene and then and then I, I want to talk about this. Right. As the guard leaves, they watch like all three of them and there's this tense moment and then the guard this lead guard approaches them and then smiles and like puts his hand on Dean's shoulder and like cups his face yeah. like ah uh, you. At this point I still is kind of like this Oh really? Like what's he going to do? What is he doing? And Dean laughs here and he's like Deacon you are beating the holy hell out of me man and like they turn around Deacon uncuffs them and Deacon's like sorry Dean I thought I was going easy on you just trying to make it look real like elbow like ah, ha 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 <laughs> and, and Dean's like, yeah, well, mission accomplished. Deacon asks if the whole if this ghost thing is over, and Sam fills him in that it's not Moody, and they like they think it's some nurse yep. <laughs> from, from the seventies. Um, yeah, but still shine on some intel that we need. And Dean still wants to stay. And Sam turns to him and he's like, "Do you want to have this fight for real? Yeah, you want to yeah. go, bro? 
What a... <laughs> it's just saying, so the boys, up, bro. The boys begin arguing as Deacon pulls out a letter from Mara. And he's like, guys, guys, guys. And they're like, what? And he's like, your lawyer left this for you. And he hands Dean the envelope. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from? The lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> And it's this, so this letter has all of the information they need. Yeah, it says the Glockner died in the old cell block right after Moody died. There was an uprising and she got caught in the middle of it. They dragged her into a solitary cell and bashed her head in. And it says where she's buried on this letter. And Deacon's like, let's get you the hell out of here. So he lets them out through an air duct wall panel. <laughs> that he just, he just pulls, t- takes pulls it off. off. And then... So it wasn't screwed onto the wall? No, <laughs> it's a loose wall panel that leads to an air duct. That nobody else has found no. yet. It wasn't even a vent. It was, no. just, it was just a wall panel that he just removes and there's a tunnel there. Yep. D- uh, Dean assures Deacon that they'll get rid of it. And Deacon Deacon says, good, because I want it out of my prison. And, he, you know, I can't thank you enough for this. And he's like, I know it was asking a lot, but you still came through. And then he says, your, your daddy, daddy raised, raised you right. right. And they both kind of have, like, Dean's like a, huh. yeah, he did. There's a, there's, there, there is a pause. But there's a pause to it. And Sam's like, well, we owed you. Yep. And then they do the, the handshake man hug. The handshake man hug. Which I've never done. No, I've never done it I don't really understand it. I've always gotten shouldered in the face. I've never done it <laughs> in real life. I've practiced it with a friend before. I've never, I don't know how to do it naturally. No, there's no natural way to do it. I don't understand. And maybe it is because I only ever tried with like guys who were taller than me. Yeah. But I always ended up getting shouldered in the face. Yeah. By like, they're like, come here. But, but guys who are of different heights They still do, do it. it. And I don't know how they don't shoulder each other that in the face. That would be the big it's way a, to pass. It's a, it's a, as it's a like the hand clasp. Yeah, is to know how to, to do it. Just be able to do what you do. The hand clasp, shoulder bump, shoulder tap. Yep. I understand it in theory. Yeah. I just need someone just, to practice it with. Yeah. The physics are a little hard. So yeah, they do the, the man, man hand, shoulder bump, man tap, hug, hand hug. hug. <laughs> yep. Yep. Deegan says like, I hope to see you again, just not in here. And they go to leave and Dean is like, oh, where do you want it? Yeah, for a second I was like, like, oh, I have like a package for you, like, or like uh, a secret thing. Where do you want me to hide it? Like, it has like the like, like oh, you know, in exchange for doing this, I'm gonna give you some weed. Yeah, like, like where uh, do you where do you want the drugs or like uh, where do you like, want the contraband yeah. that you can't have in a prison but you want like, because you're a guard? Yeah, and Deacon's like, what? My definitely, I like, I very quickly made the mental leap to obviously punch. Yes. But my first thought was weed. Yeah. And I was like, weed? No. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> like, Dean wouldn't just have that on him either. Like, in prison? In prison? No. no. He, um, Deacon's like, oh, uh, he gets it. And he, he points to his le- the left jaw. And Dean winds up and Deacon stops him and he's like, make it look real, son. And Dean's like, alright. And he winds back up and punches. And we cut to black on the, on the punch. I mean, I guess he had to because, like... Yeah, no, they had to make it look like they escaped. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he he couldn't just let him out. So I want to talk about... So now that we've had the Deacon reveal, I want to talk about Deacon. Okay, so let's look back at the at the episode where we've seen him so far. And it's like, okay, so some of our interactions, not that they didn't make sense before, but have, you know, a slightly different context to them. Like the fight with, with Tiny, where mm-hmm. Dean was like, took long enough yeah. to, to step in. Some slightly different, like, they maybe a little totally bit... Is. little bit, to, like, a little bit less danger for them. They felt a little bit safer getting into fights because, you know, they knew Deacon could step in to protect them. However, Deacon did still have to make it look real, yeah. as he says. So, I didn't remember this this switcheroo. 
Yeah. And I didn't see it coming. No. Because there's nothing about Deacon's behavior, really. No. no. In the lead up that would clue me into he was taking it easy on them. Yeah. Or that no. he was their contact. Which I'm not, like, mad about, like how they did the, sw- the switcheroo. He, no. pl- he played his part very well. I was going to say, I think he, like, as, you know, the actor who played Deacon, but also Deacon as an actor, yeah. acting, pretending not to know them, was was pretty good. Right. So here's my question. Is Look, he a shitty... There it is. Is he, yeah. is he a shitty uh, guard? I didn't question his behavior at all. And neither did any of the other guards. Nope. This is normal procedure. At a jail? At a jail. Again, we're doing, like, the prison, prison thing. thing. Whatever. As like far as the other guards are concerned, this is normal, this is normal. normal deacon behavior. So beating up on the prisoners, taking too long to stop fights, taking some unruly prisoners who aren't responding to the usual methods alone to the showers. Yeah. To beat them up. Yeah. Not questioned. No, this is regular. Normal. This is this nothing is, this out is of the ordinary for yeah. jail. This is normal. Yikes. Yeah, big yikes. <laughs> Some other questions I have about Deacon. He is an old war buddy of their dad's. Yeah. Who John kept in contact. And this plays a little bit like we've never heard of him before. And, we're not, and we'll never hear from never him again. again. Whatever. But most of John's old buddies from the service, he wasn't in contact with anymore. Yeah. Because of the whole supernatural lifestyle. Right. So this is an old buddy from the Marine Corps. Who also now knows about the supernatural stuff. And, and knew enough about the supernatural stuff to know to call John and the boys. But, like, recognized the signs of a haunting. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I bet there's a ghost killing people. And not just people having heart attacks. Yeah. (laughs) There's a ghost. I better call the Ghostbusters I know personally. (laughs) So there's that. And then, also, his line, your daddy raised you right. Yeah. So he's coming from the same line of thinking of, you know, the the John Winchester school of raising children. Yeah. Does not support a, this is not his usual, his, uh, you know, being a guard 101. Yeah. (laughs) Like, ooh, not looking good for you, Deacon. No. Yeah. As a character? Was... No. <laughs> like, as like, like, oh, our buddy Deacon. Right. No. no. Not a no. good guy. Deacon does not sound like a good guy at all. He sounds like kind of a monster. Yeah. Yeah. This whole time. Love that. I, the whole time I was watching, I just kind of assumed that he was a prisoner. That Deacon was another prisoner was going to be able to get him out? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Oh. I don't know if I even... I was like, Deacon must be somebody on the outside that has enough influence, but... Yeah. I, I wasn't really... Th- I thought that this was just going to be some no-name person, really, that yeah, we never yeah. really got to meet. I wasn't thinking about it, and I did not remember that it was a, a, a guard. But yeah. Hmm. Not impressed with Deacon as a human person. <laughs> Climb out onto the street... And the Impala is waiting for them. How is the Impala waiting for them? How is it not at, like, an impound lot somewhere? Yep. How did that... How did that happen? How did Deacon get their car? Mm. Unexplained. Unclear. Unclear. I assume before they went to the museum robbery, they dropped it at Deacon's house. Yeah. Unclear. They get in, and an alarm sounds, and they're like, oh, shit! We gotta leave. You gotta go. Dean does wish he could see Hendrickson's face, like as they're like escaping. And yeah. Sam's like, well, "No, we gotta. We can't. We can't stop to talk about this. No. We're too busy. Too busy. Alarm. Oh no!" <laughs> At some undetermined amount of time later, yeah, we're in an interrogation room. But probably not that long later. No, Victor is interrogating Deacon, and FBI friend is standing there <laughs> watching, <laughs> like he does. Victor is very angry, and he makes Deacon go through all of the events of the day over and over. And Deacon is very done with this whole conversation. And he makes it, him go through it one more time and he's like, tell me everything they did. Everything. Victor crosses around to the table to Deacon and they get really close to each other when, when they start talking this way. And Deacon is like, they got up. They had breakfast. 
visiting hours, wreck time. And Victor's like, any visitors? And Deacon's like, just their lawyer. It's like, oh, well, shit. It had to come out at some point. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, yeah, Victor's like, like mm-hmm. oh, really? Oh, their lawyer? Their lawyer. Okay, good. So at the police station, Victor questions public defender Mar- Mara Daniels. He wants to know what she and Dean talked about. And the FBI buddy is, again, posted up like one butt cheek <laughs> on the desk. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she claims attorney-client privilege, so she can't talk about that. And we have like a like a bunch of switching back and forth scenes. At the cemetery, the boys are preparing to dig the grave and do a salt and burn, but they, you know, are aware that they're on a limited timetable. And Sam says that attorney-client privilege doesn't apply to them anymore. Yeah. Which I assume is because, again, most of my understanding of the law is through watching cop shows. So, but like, (laughs) and like mostly against my will because they've just been on the television. I don't really know how far attorney-client privilege extends. Yeah. But I assume it doesn't apply anymore because they are no longer her clients because they ran away from jail. Yeah. So yeah. so they're so the privilege there no longer applies. I assume that's why. So at the police station, Victor is pressuring Mara, saying he's going to, you know, he's going to get her for aiding and abetting. And they're like, that's ridiculous. And yeah, and he's like, you don't think I can do that? Like, uh, you think this is some kind of game, lady? I mean, he's FBI guy talking big game. I have no idea if he can actually do any of this, but he certainly thinks he can. Yeah. <laughs> and is being threatening about it in his the way he's getting like right up in her face and standing over her and she is a public defender she is a lawyer he calls her lady, lady. his fbi buddy who's he's like like, yeah. like he's not he hasn't said anything no. since his it, since his, his first scene really yeah, yeah. his, his, his energy, energy he's there to be like yeah what he said yeah, yeah. it's just his yeah, energy boss. Yeah, yeah boss you yeah, tell him boss yeah she and then we kill him be dabbing be day Right? Yeah, boss. Be the bing, be the boom. That's his energy. Yeah. Uh, Mara says that uh, he, she she says what Dean asked her. She says that he he wanted me to go do some research on a prison nurse who died in 1976. He's just like, what? why? Why? <laughs> like, what? Like, that makes no sense. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, and you did it? <laughs> like, yeah. And, she, and, and he's like, what else? And she's like, they wanted to know where she was buried. <laughs> and, and he's like, did you find out where? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, did you tell them? And she's like, yeah. yeah. And she kind of looks down like, I think I fucked up. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. Oh, no. He sits oh, on a desk God. and looks at her. And he goes, tell me. So we have a shot of a sign that says Mountainside Cemetery. Victor and the SWAT team. They're the SWAT team. Are rolling up to sweep the graveyard. Wherever the boys are, they're still digging. And then we get some back and forth. More police filing out. Sam hits the coffin. You're back and forth like they're running through the woods. The boys are digging. Very intense. And then we get a shot from the back in the prison. Deacon is in the prison bathroom, splashing water on his face. The lights start to flicker and fizzit, and then Deacon can see his breath. He's like, oh man. Oh man. He knows what it is, and he turns around, and he's facing the ghost lady, and she kind of hisses in his face. <laughs> as a ghost hiss. And she pushes him with her ghost powers. Yeah. Well, then we have another like, quick, quick series of back and forths. Deacon gets got ghost tossed. Victor and friends sweep the cemetery. The boys are working on the salt and burn. Deacon 
begins with fighting the ghost. The boys are working on the Sultan board. The ghost. Uh, the ghost has Deacon. The ghost go, ghost fasts to him, puts a hand on his chest, and he starts groaning. And she says, "Like you let those two go." Then Sam and Dean finish. They're salt. They, they they light the match and drop it in, and it lights up. We see Deacon's face getting all necrotic and veiny. Ghost sort of backs up and goes up in flames and screams. And then he's left alone in the bathroom. Like I assume I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like I've, sur- I've survived. I've survived. It must be must be fine. God, okay, the boys made it out, and the boys got it. All right. We assume. We assume the boys you know stand there and get to watch the body burn. Victor and friends. I was, I was just thinking this would like be a beacon to the cops trying to find them. Yeah, yeah. A bonfire. Big, a bonfire in a grave. And they're just like <laughs> they're standing there with warm. flashlights, like warming themselves by the fire. And that happens later. It happens later. <laughs> yeah. The police are searching. They get to the edge of the cemetery, and there's just like a field. There's nothing. And Victor's like, "I'm sure this is the right cemetery." And and FBI buddy's like, "She said mountainside cemetery." And then it shows the sign of the cemetery where the boys are, and they're in Green Valley. Yep, Green Valley Cemetery. So she can get into a lot of trouble for this. Yeah. Um, how is she gonna get out of this? Because yeah, so, when she, when they show her, now, yeah, just so Sam and Dean leave, and then they show they show Mara walking out to her car. She's just like she smiles to herself and gets in. It's she's not worried that they're gonna come back to her and be like, "You gave us the wrong place." Yeah, you you lied. Literally, to us. that is aiding and abetting. That literally is aiding and abetting. She thinks she's just gonna be fine after this. If Victor has it in his power to get her for it, she's going down for this. Yeah, and we see Victor's face when he's realizing like he's, he's been duped he's again. Been got. He's like, God damn it! The boys they're at the car. Sam is like, you thought we were screwed before? No, we're double screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Dean's like, yeah, I know. We gotta go deep this time. Sam says, deep, Dean, we should go to Yemen. Yeah, what? I mean, this is 2007. The war on terror is in full swing. Yes. Mm. In general, that's the... I mean, Yemen is in the Middle East. Yeah. So go run to the Middle East to disappear amidst the war on terror. Maybe that's what they meant. Maybe that's what they meant. So, yeah. So after that, we've room out to the song Rooster by Alice in Chains. Mm -hmm. And then we end the episode. So, thoughts on the episode? Eh? Eh? I didn't really like it. I liked it okay. I mean, I liked the whole, like, undercover kind of thing. Yeah. No, I think mm-hmm. it, it was interesting to be in a different kind of setting than we usually are, mm-hmm. and in a, in a very limiting kind of setting, but it made some plot holes yeah. that mm-hmm. weren't, like, resolved. Like, why did the car, why was the car there, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. if they had no resources in the inside besides, like, Deacon, who they couldn't really talk to while they were there, like, they had their lawyer, but yeah, the lawyer little, was... little plot holes where it was, like, popping off the lighter mm-hmm. uh, cap, like... That might not be as How easy as you think, and then it might not be as much fuel as you think it is. How did Sam memorize the the, the air ducts. the air ducts of the entire prison to get to, to the old the, cell block? The old cell block, and, and then how did he know which door it was? He could have yeah, asked Randall, about, right? But like, would Randall like, know the well, air ducts about where the Randall cell block was? Well, he, right. well that would he probably the, did. That would get him in the general vicinity, but like that wouldn't get him to Moody's door. The, 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 there are some there are some issues with it. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought the setting the setting was interesting. Different change of scenery. Yeah. As a monster of the week ghost hunt. It was just a ghost. It was just a ghost. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. We I think it was kind of interesting that Dean almost died of another heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that kind of keeps happening. Oh no. Is it on purpose? 
Now, is anything in the show I don't on purpose? Think, I don't think anything they do in this show is on purpose. Most of what happens on this show is by accident. Yeah. <laughs> there are some fantastic things. Amazing foreshadowing. Like, oh, this is ama- would be amazing if you had written it. Yeah. yeah. But it's completely accidental. <laughs> and then they forget their own lore and completely screw it up. Yep. <laughs> it's like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> We're going to have to... <laughs> the fans are going to have to retcon your way out of this. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Found Deacon as a character interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, like, all of the implications there. Yeah. Like, how they're interacting with him. And, like, like from, like, their story, he's the good guy. He's their, he's their informant. He's their friend who's going to help them get out and they're doing him a favor in reality who like like okay so then they leave and he goes back to his job yeah he's still he's like a monster a monster (laughs) they 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 went in and say solved the ghost problem he's still going to be beating up inmates and you know abusing his power so so i thought he was an interesting character um i thought it was a good actor for it yes and also we had some good i thought the acting was good obviously good acting by jeff cober but (laughs) Yes, our uh, and and not playing a bad not guy. Bad guy. He was playing weird nugget of wisdom guy. Yeah, local info guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. we love to see that. But yeah, in general, it was pretty okay. Yeah, another filler episode that really didn't give us much of anything. No, other than you know, it's just you know one more or you know a couple more people that Dean couldn't could save. Yeah. And kind of a lack of empathy on Sam's part in general, just build, fleshing out those characters a little bit. Real, another filler. Yeah. This close this to the close end. This close to the end. We haven't had plot in a while. Really, no. There's only 22 episodes? Yeah, we have three more episodes this season. Yeah. Are they going to wrap that up? I th- I think one of the things we're going to be talking about when we look at the season as a whole is that, is that the pacing is inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. And I think coming into finale and the, these last few episodes, I think it's going to feel kind of jarring. Yeah. Is, is what I'm expecting. But we just had a whole run of filler without much connecting us to the main plot. So let's try to try to recall what the main plot is this season. Huh. I don't remember. Right? Yeah. <laughs> What's the plot this season? So in general this season, though, our themes have been cu- recovering from the grief of John's loss. Mm-hmm regrouping after they lost the their their the cult mm-hmm. the, the the magic MacGuffin that lets them kill everything and <laughs> they're the not demon. allowed to have that anymore um yeah, the, and, and and the demon just disappearing yeah also this season is Sam's accelerating powers yeah mm-hmm. which we haven't talked about in like at half all. a season at yeah. least and where's Ava <laughs> where's Ava where's Ava she, we were, we were like she's got the powers too and then vanishes and like Oh no! But like they left it off, like they were gonna try finding her. Yeah, and they just haven't. And they just they just they've just, they just left that part her. of the plot. So I have a feeling coming into the finale, are they gonna try finding her again? I feel like this is it's gonna it's be like gonna, remember Ava. It's gonna get really it, like the tone. It's gonna be jarring. Yeah, because it's gonna be like oh 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 my god oh my god. <laughs> okay, uh, we're done talking about the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this new segment called We're Talking Listener Mailbag! It's Abracadabra time! So, we have some news. We have a five star review on Apple Podcast! Read it aloud! What is the review called? Gloriously, thoughtfully hilarious! It's from Bacon Plus. 
I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Per the advertisement, our host took out on Greatest Gen and have been feeling the same joyous nostalgia for Supernatural that I've experienced for Star Trek with that other aforementioned pod. Definitely doesn't shy away from calling out the show on all its problematic elements as much as celebrating the absurd amount of unintentionally silly bits in a way that makes me notice things I should have spotted before. Any pod where I super believe in you, Ted Cooper, is a tangent will get my five. Hey! Hey! Thank you, Bacon Plus. Thank you, Bacon Plus. I super believe in you, yeah. Bacon Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for writing a five-star review. Thank you for writing any kind of review. Thank you for writing. Yeah. Thank you for writing a five-star review. Thank you, because if anyone noticed, there are two other reviews, both of them by people we know personally. Yes. yes. So, thank you, person we don't know personally, yeah. we think maybe. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad that, you know, you heard our ad, came over to check us out, and weren't immediately turned off. So, yeah. Yeah. You're Hello like, oh, and welcome. These guys suck. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that's happened. <laughs> I'm sure. Also in our listener mailbag, we've got an email. We got two emails. We got two emails. Three emails. We got three emails. Three emails. Because we got one. E- we got two emails from one person, and we got one email from another person. So hello to Chris and Leah. Chris emailing us, updating us on his sock folding situation. Thank you for the insight. I think Chris, you've uh, picked the best of both worlds with the socks thing, where you buy all of the same color sock. Yep. And then don't fold them. And then them. you don't fold them because then you can just pick them from your drawer. That's true. And they all match. This is honestly very close to how I do it. Most of my socks are roughly the same color. I do have a lot of just plain black socks. Some of them, though, are patterned hiking socks. Mm. Yep. Which are also just kind of loose in there with the black socks. <laughs> They do not happen at the same time, though, because they are different textures, which I can feel when I reach in blindly. So I don't pick them at the same time, and I am not subjected to a fourth grade math problem. <laughs> which I never, I was never good at probability. I didn't like those. No, no me either. I hated that was them. terrible. I still don't know how to do it. But yeah, so, and thank you, Leah, for your email. So, uh, Leah emailed us with a dream, which we are going to do a dramatic reading. I dreamt that me and my friends went to an Airbnb, a crazy mansion in the middle of a city, where we brought all our dogs. Some we had in reality, and the others were dream dogs. This mansion had an indoor pool and endless rooms. We somehow kept accumulating dogs, and we were just cuddling with them. It was very chill. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you for you, your dream, Leah. Leah. Please do keep sending us your dreams, especially if they have dogs. Yes. So Chris and Leah both said that they found us through the Greatest Gen ad, which, that's good to know. And yes, it that worked. That, that worked. That two people, two whole people are like... <laughs> <laughs> And found us through the ad and started listening. Hey, um, if you found us through the ad to, and started listening, email us. Email us. Yeah. Um, we'll get back to you at some point. Within a week a be- or two. Of, a week of business days. <laughs> here's because here's the problem. We have to write it and then we each have to review it and like look at it and make sure it's like okay or like. And then I get nervous because emails make me nervous. Yep. And we're also at work. And I'm not supposed to be doing emails while I'm taking care of 16 three to five year olds. But please and thank you emails and reviews and thank you for those. Yes. Thank you to Chris, Leah, and Bacon Plus. 
Yes! This concludes listener mailbag. (laughs) (laughs) Next time is season two, episode 20. What is and what should never be. While hunting a djinn or genie, Dean is attacked and transported to an alternate world. (gasps) Wow. Okay. I remember this episode. Okay. Yeah. No spoilers. I'm not going to give spoilers. The only thing I will say is that once again, who's the main character (laughs) (laughs) of this show? It's Sam, right? Right? (laughs) You wouldn't know it by how they write the show. So thank you again to our friends of the show who have written in and in reviews and emails. Yes. Mm -hmm. Please continue to do that. We love hearing from you. We do. We we got our first email and got all got very excited. Very excited. So very, very happy. So please, please continue to reach out to us. Yeah. Right now we're just talking into the void. So let us let us know you hear us. We're like, hello, are you there? (laughs) No. Okay. Um, and hello, hello. Um, uh, this can't be the Larrabee. Why, those are Howard's. What on earth are you doing with Howard Bannister's rocks? But until next time, I have been a host, Margaret. I've been a host, Patricia. And I've been another host, Bridget. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Special thanks to Pixabay user The Laces Music Dude for the use of their song Bruff Music as our theme music. And special thanks to our dad, our first sponsor. Thanks, dad. You can find us at 3 Idgets Pod on most of the internet. And get in touch with us by emailing 3 Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.